Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, this is Tony Cotty, and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast. listening to the We Are West Ham podcast for the very last time this season and we're all going on a European tour, a European tour, a European tour, David Moyes and all his boys are off to France, Italy and Spain. We did it. I know, I can't believe it. Lads, it's brilliant to see you. First of all, just a reminder that this week's episode is sponsored by footballprizes.co.uk where you can win some priceless pieces of signed football memorabilia each and every week. In this week's draw, you can win a signed Vladimir Soufal shirt. It costs just £4.95 a ticket. Just 99 tickets will be sold, which gives you a fantastic chance of winning. Entries close at 7.30pm Friday and the draw is made an hour later live on Facebook. There's been signed shirts from Paolo Di Canio and Declan Rice up for grabs since their launch so head on over to footballprizes.co.uk to check them out. Lads, I can't believe it. We're actually going on a European tour. Not just one Mickey Mouse little game against Astro or NK Domzali at home which no one really cared about or even the West away game that you went to James which we all know didn't really count albeit you got to go on the, uh, the plane with the team. We've got six group games against some proper European sides who people have actually heard of. Lazio are in there with us. Napoli are in there with us. Bayer Leverkusen are in there with us. Real Betis, giants of the European game, if you will. Meanwhile, Tottenham Hotspur will be playing in the Europa Conference League. We've all seen the memes. The train track running through the stadium, they'll be playing in that one. <laughs> Super. <laughs> the, the, the one that's on about a 45 degree downhill, they'll be playing in that one as well. But you know what? This isn't the time to laugh at Tottenham because we're no. bigger and better than no, them. No, we're no. bigger and better than them and we're bigger and better than Arsenal. This is time to focus on West Ham United because West Ham United, David Moyes and all his boys have qualified for the Europa League, a proper European competition for the first time certainly since well, 1999 but even then I don't know if that really counted Doesn't did really it count. into Toto no no I mean the previous ones we, we we kind of we earned the right to play in a game to earn the right to play in Europe <laughs> uh, this time we've earned the right to play in Europe straight off the bat so yeah it's um it's far better than having to play like a game on the 2nd of July against Astra or Domzali or anything like that. So, yeah, absolutely buzzing. I'll tell you what else is loads better, lads, is that we are back together, looking yeah. at each other directly in the eye. None of that Mickey Mouse Zoom stuff anymore. We're in a wonderful studio here in uh, central London. Thanks very much to the guys at Talk Sport for sorting us out with this one. We've got proper microphones. We've got proper headphones. Mad. We can see each other in person. 
And Tom turned up. Tom turned up. Found it. <laughs> I slept here last night. <laughs> it's absolutely phenomenal stuff. Tom, it's brilliant to see you again, mate. I'm not sure if you've actually been home since Sunday. So can you confirm or deny? Because, I'm going to be honest here, it certainly doesn't look like you have. My belly hasn't been home, I'll tell you that much. Uh, pub was decent. Soul, le- soul never left. Soul never left Queens and East London, uh, Upton Park. Had a kebab in it and the rest is history, shall we say. But I'm here, I'm fit and fighting well and uh, it's so good to look you through in the eye and uh, be on a European tour, boys. Absolutely, mate. So you went over to Upton Park, did yep. you, for the game? Yeah, we thought there'd be a bit of atmosphere. We thought may as well go give it a crack. Top six doesn't happen very often when we walk in. Just me and my mates. Just me and us <laughs> four and, uh, and a few of the typical regulars who sat there telling um, one of them he's a Chelsea fan, even though he's adamant he was a West Ham fan and all kicking off. But... Um, not much, not much to see there. It's a bit. It was a bit of a shame actually, um, seeing what the area was like on a match day, considering what it would have been like. Yeah. However, it's a very small negative here in what was an unbelievable Sunday for all of us. Ah, oh, mate, it was phenomenal, wasn't it, Jonesy? Talk me through it because I mean, first of all, I was fortunate enough. I managed to get a ticket. Uh, didn't get one in the ballot, but then when a load went out for sale on Thursday afternoon, it was I was a bit lively on that. Managed to get a seat or a couple of seats. Me and my dad right up in the gods um, in the Bobby Moore upper. Yeah, I was basically sitting in the car park out the front. <laughs> but uh, just I mean, it was brilliant to be there. But um, yeah, you obviously w- watched it at home, Jonesy. Whilst Tom was uh, up the old haunts up Green Street. But um, yeah, I, I watched it in my office um, because uh, Lucy and and the boy were making all kinds of noise in the front room. Um, couldn't hear couldn't hear the game, and I thought, no, nah, I was going to in the office. So I had to watch it on Sky Go, a minute behind, um, on a delay. And uh, so I turned my phone off, no goal updates for the 90 minutes. And, um, yeah, it turned out, to be, turned out to be a wonderful 90 minutes. And I, I came out of the office, I was telling Tom before we went <laughs> on air, um, I was crying. I mean, everyone knows I'm an emotional West Ham fan. Love it. Um, tears of happiness. And I walked out of the office, Lucy's there in the hallway, and she goes, are you crying? <laughs> Um, I was like, yeah, and she was just like, I'll take it you won then. I was like, we didn't just win, we qualified for the for Europe. And she was like, that's great, and just walked off. Um, <laughs> clearly, it means a lot more to me. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, it was it was wonderful. Um, and that first goal from four now has kind of just set set the tone for the rest of the rest of the game. Southampton started well, didn't they? But it was good mm. to just. Uh, Set the nerves, get go one new up, and then the rest was history. Ah, yeah, I I couldn't believe it. It was strange being there actually. I must admit because the obviously, I mean, it was brilliant. It was it was good to be back again, but it, it was awkward because the you know everyone did a made a really good effort of making the atmosphere really good. I don't know what it sounded like on TV. I don't know whether the sound was any good from where you were, Tom. Obviously, Jonesy, you might have uh, it sounded decent at points. Did it really? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, it was, us, again, because where we were sat anyway, I think we were quite removed from it. We were literally in the corner mm. at the back. So it was like, there was no one behind us, like literally no one behind us. So mm. we didn't get atmosphere from, from the back. Everyone was joining in and making a bit of an effort, which was, was nice to see. But I wasn't certain how it would come out on the telly, but it sounded all right, did it? Yeah, yeah. it did. Yeah, yeah, it sounded fine. Um, it was just great to have fans in the ground mm. and, and see it and it, it, it just made watching it a little bit easier yeah it? aesthetically like, it just makes it more of a competition like you start thinking it's coming back when you see fans behind players celebrating and yeah. all that it just makes a difference the, the, the best bit about it as well was that when the goal went in like the, the yeah. crowd noise was was straight away rather than when you got the authentic one where it kind of was about two seconds <laughs> waiting for the bloke to press the button yeah, yeah. come on mate press it quick but yeah, um, yeah. But yeah no, it was, it was just made it a lot more an, an authentic watch yeah yeah um, of course and you know, when tackles go in, you hear the crowd go, and that it's just it was just it was like watching football two years ago. Yeah, 
Um, so yeah, all good. No, lovely, lovely stuff, lads. Well, look, uh, it's going to be a bit of a different show, of course, tonight, as it's the last one of the season. If you've been listening for a long time, you'll know that we've got a, a, a sort of set format. I listened back to last season's end of season review yesterday when I was doing the prep for this podcast. There were some hilarious shouts on there, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> hilarious. But blimey, we were grim. Everyone, we were so miserable. It was just like. We'd obviously dragged ourselves to be there. That was again. We hadn't seen each other for a while. Yeah, we went yeah. up to yeah. your office, Jonesy, and uh, and recorded then. And who would have thought? You know, twelve months later that that we've barely seen each other since then. Um, and you know, lucky that we've been meeting up for the first time. But celebrating West Ham getting into Europe, I'm going to say that about five hundred times <laughs> on this podcast. Uh, you'll be obviously aware already. It's a little bit later than usual. We are actually recording it on Wednesday morning, so a bit of housekeeping first. Uh, don't forget, like I said, uh, this episode is sponsored by FootballPrizes.co.uk. So head on over there. I'm going to let you know in a minute how you can actually win four free tickets to their next week's draw, which again will be another fantastic piece of West Ham memorabilia. Uh, You can follow us on Twitter at WeAre underscore West Ham. You can get us on YouTube as well. And this week we've even got a fancy GoPro set up in the corner of this wonderful studio that we're in. (laughs) There's James waving at you now. Uh, So yeah, head on over to YouTube this week more than ever rather than just three blokes staring out of uh, Zoom cameras, we're actually in a uh, studio. Looks like we're proper broadcasters, especially you, James, with the black rolly on. I oh, love built for it. Yeah. Made for it. Yeah. It's like the I old thought, days. I thought I'd dress up for the occasion, yeah, boys. Exactly. It's not his first radio. <laughs> <laughs> no, at least uh, at least one of us looks smart. Eh, <laughs> it's not me, that's for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, so like I say, YouTube channel. Uh, in the link to our YouTube is in the description to this podcast so scroll down have a look at that we're on instagram as well if you fancy i think james has been uploading some stuff this morning onto our stories so head on over there as well and you can buy us a pod um no you can't you can buy us a beer and support the pod at buymeacoffee.com slash we are west ham this week like i said we've got four entries to give away to next week's football prizes uk draw it'll be the West Ham one so we're not exactly certain who it is yet but like I say we've had Paolo Di Canio Declan Rice and Vladimir Kufal we've signed shirts from them in the last three weeks so it's going to be a that ilk again we've got four entries to give away to our We Are West Ham listeners and what we're doing Anyone who buys us a beer or supports the podcast at buymeacoffee.com slash wearewestam this week and anyone who has up until now one beer which costs a fiver on that website for each beer you buy us or have bought us up until now, your name will enter the draw for those four entries which is 20 quid's worth of entries to next week's footballprizes.co.uk West Ham draw. So that's buymeacoffee.com slash we are West Ham. We've got the end of season beers straight after this, lads, haven't we? So thanks so much to everyone who's already backed us. Um, that, that money's gone straight in the coffers. And uh, yeah, we'll be spending that big time at the boozer later on this afternoon. Boys, I don't know where to start, really. We've got loads to cover. We've got the season review. We've got the uh, end of season We Are West Ham awards, which is brilliant. Some brief reaction to the West Brom game and Southampton games, because obviously we haven't spoken since those games have been played. The Betway charity bets, the final sum up of the season to tally up the incredible amount of money that we have won. Chad Yeomans from Betway joins us for that. Like I say, the end of season awards, we've got alternative player of the year, goal of the season, signing of the season, clubman of the year, flop of the season, result of the season, lowest moment, highest moment, and uh, your biggest shock. 
I'm going to have one round each for name that game, which is going to be quite something. Um, and then we'll wrap up with you know a bit of a look ahead, what we want for next season. James Jones, my favourite bit of um, last season's end of season review was me saying, so James, what are your expectations for next year? And you're going, I'm not going to have any because I'm fed <laughs> up of being disappointed. <laughs> my expectation for next year is that I'm not going to have any expectations. So, uh, yeah, we'll have some uh, some updated expectations from the lads. I wonder whether we'll be a little bit more ambitious, perhaps, in this closed season than we were last. I flipping hope so, but it's going to be a seriously <laughs> depressing podcast, that's for sure. But look, we'll have lots of stuff to cram in, then we'll say goodbye as usual. We'll have a little bit of a Fantasy Premier League update now that the season is over at the end of it all. So all of that is coming up next. <laughs> So you are still listening to the We Are West Ham podcast with me, Will Pugh, Tom Edwards and James Jones. And just a reminder, in case you'd forgotten, West Ham United are going on a European tour, having come sixth under Sir David Moyes and qualified for the Europa League. Tom, I'm going to throw to you first. We've got loads coming up on the show tonight, loads to cover, or this morning even. Blimey, I'm so used to saying that. Um, I'm just going to get it out of the way, really, because there are some, and it's a very small minority who are saying, oh, if we'd only just beaten Brighton and Newcastle, we'd have got in the Champions League. And I know, Tom particularly, you're looking at me going, yeah, that's normally you, mate, you miserable <laughs> sod. Um, but no, I'm, I'm very much of the opinion that the games we've had against Aston Villa and Fulham, they're just the two that I think of straight away. We didn't deserve to get any uh, sort of points out of those games. We didn't deserve to get what we did. Um, and but there's people going. Oh, if we'd only done that, we'd have been in the Champions League. Are you of that school of thought at all? I mean, judging by your Twitter since Sunday, you're not. But um, <laughs> let's just Rich get. Which is gold, by the way. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> Absolute gold. Yeah, at Tom underscore Edwards, the zeros or the the O on the Tom's a zero in it. So hit him up on Twitter. But yeah, what what's your thoughts on that? I think um, the results on the weekend sort of made it look closer than it was. We, we'd probably lost that a few games ago, Champions League, and now what is it, two points because other sides lost. Leicester lost a few on a spin, so did Chelsea. I think if we were right there and in, in amongst it, um, whether or not results might have been a bit different, who knows? And like you say, there's been times this season when we have had luck that we haven't usually had. Things have gone our way. Even when we played Tottenham at home, they had those chances at the end. They could have net one of them. So, so there's things along the way that... I'm not going to look back at when you get top six and we've infiltrated the elite Champions League was a big stretch for anyone. When you look who's up there, look how long we were up there. The fact that Declan Rice had just mm. had had that injury at a key time. I don't think you can have anything but just pride of what we have achieved it and not try and bite off more than we can chew. And to get in the top six is an unbelievable achievement as it is. And I'm only looking at the positives of that as opposed to what could have been because you can always do that. So. Taking top six and I'm laughing, mate. It's, on, please hear it. Go it's, on, it's the equivalent of Man United fans going, oh, if we hadn't lost eight games this season, we would have won the league. <laughs> yeah. It's like, <laughs> well, well, you, did. you, you lost those yeah. games. I mean, yeah, there were some games that you know we, we blew it in, the Arsenal game. Um, mm. Newcastle away, you would argue, probably should have beaten Fulham away, didn't nil-nil draw. So those games you look back and go, well, we probably should have done better. But over the course of a season, Tom's right, we, we achieved something that, Absolutely, after the first two games of the season, we had like, no expectation of finishing anywhere near the top six, even the top half of the table, let alone <laughs> the top six. So you've got to take it as a, as a huge a huge achievement for the club. And um, I, think, I think top six is fully deserved. 
didn't even scrape it. I think we fully deserved mm. it. Yeah, and it's the first season for a while where I find that I'm not looking back and going, what if? Mm. And perhaps that's because we've done well. I'll be honest, you know, it hasn't felt like this for such a long time. And that perhaps when you do do well, you don't look back as much and go, oh, if this had happened, if this had happened, because you're not so full of anger and misery (laughs) as we were this time last year after we'd come 16th. And I I don't know what it is. I just, just because it's leveled itself out. I know people hate VAR and VAR's made football awful to watch this season. But maybe it's just doing well you think oh i'm not too worried about that but i don't think it is it feels to me like when you go back i feel like we've come where we deserve to come yeah i, I feel yeah. like if we'd have got champions league people yeah it would have been strange because i think there would have been a lot of like flukes or fortune in there i think those last those recent games i know what you were saying tom weren't you about oh we're in this position you know we're bottle jobs um but you know i, I think with that I sort of I look back and then go well we got points before we rode our luck big time in those two games specifically but there were others we didn't play particularly well but ground the results out so I just think yeah I think we've come sick and we've deserved to come there yeah I've, exactly and I, and I think you you look at it as a 38 game season and we've been right up there we have deserved it Leicester as well both of us you could make a case for deserve to be in the top four and Liverpool might have snuck it but it doesn't lie after 38 games and there's definitely times particularly what Jonesy said brought out there, the Newcastle one was when it probably probably changed and it probably looked unlikely because that was such a big opportunity to throw that away. And, and my bottle chat was because I honestly didn't think we'd come top six. I thought mm. we'd come seventh. And if this was on the other foot and we came seventh, I would be saying what if and how many what ifs. But yeah. for some reason, the top six just makes that difference because it's infiltrating the big boys and making a bit of a difference so so it's nice to eventually do that so so I can't be gutted at anything mm. nah. and you're right mate because we've had two huge games you know that was a week ago which seems like a lifetime ago mm. where we were having that chat a week ago wasn't it we've got six points in since then three points away from home and I feel like that West Brom game was the biggest win yeah, yeah. you know we, we made it look fairly easy on Sunday Southampton I know they could have scored through Minamino before but they looked very much on the beach didn't they oh definitely uh, but West Brom you could tell Alan Dice had got into him saying there's no way that I want to roll over for this lot. Did like you know like um, and to he be fair to me, yeah, exactly. But they didn't against Liverpool either, did they? Mm. But um, yeah. So James, what what did you? We'll do those two games quickly now before we go on to the the bigger stuff. Like I said, then the West Brom game, it wasn't pretty, was it? But I just once we won that, I that was when I was like, this is it. We've done it. We've, we've got a, the, that. That was the massive hurdle for me beforehand. It had. It had all the potential of being the game that completely ruined our chances. You know, Fabianski pulling up in the warm-up, um, missing a penalty in the third minute, which is the earliest ever penalty miss in so Premier League history. Uh, then, then going one nil down straight from a corner, and it was like, this isn't meant to be. It's not going to happen for us. Um, but the, as has been the case all season, I know I keep saying it every week, but we've we just react really well to going one nil down mm. we're gonna have our first cliche um, at the end of season <laughs> pod oh, I, I said on my way up here I'm, no cliches this, nah, you this got one. you got end of season them, bang but, yeah, yeah I'm, 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 what they want i might sneak a few in later we'll see how we feel um but yeah like it, it, we've reacted so well to all seasons of going one nil down or to to bad moments in games and and they did it to getting that goal at the end of the first half was was massive um Cliche there, perfect time to score. There we go. Um, yeah, nice. Thank yeah, God. That, that lasted long, didn't it, Jay? Um, <laughs> but yeah, no. Nah, and then the second half, they were they were pretty good. I mean, they've they've got two very very good players in Pereira and um, 
Gallagher from who's their Chelsea lad yeah, on loan. Connor Gallagher. Um, yeah, good. I mean, Pereira's one of the, he was probably the best player on the pitch that day. Um, but yeah, I think you know our, our, our quality show through in the end, and um, it was good to see us actually finishing off some some big chances because we'd struggled up to that point, up to that game. Um, to to do that, so yeah, it was it was a big win and it set the time going into Southampton. Yeah, no, for sure, mate. I mean, Tom, I, I don't know about you. It did look like we weren't going to do it as well, didn't it? Mm. It had all the hallmarks of, oh Jesus, here we go, mm. we're going to stutter against West Brom. And like you say, and I I do sort of agree, really. If we'd have ended up coming seventh or even, I mean, we wouldn't. Well, we would have still. But obviously, we could technically have mm. come below Everton, couldn't we? Yeah. Um, I know we'd made it difficult, and they got absolutely slapped on the last day of the season. That's you know what? I, this is bad. I've got some low key satisfaction about that because everyone's been about wa- Everton. Or just them not getting anything at all. Everyone's yeah. been waxing lyrical, haven't they? Spent all this money. Oh, Carlo Ancelotti's some sort of genius, and it's like, oh, he's managed some big clubs. Yes. The, when we played them, it was grim, attritional mm. stuff. That, I think, made it a little bit more yeah. pleasing that they haven't... Not just that we finished above them, they haven't got Europe. And then they got slapped all. on the last yeah, day by yeah. City. It's a proper put back yeah, in their box, yeah. wasn't it? And there is a little bit of me that's going, no, fair, like, fair play. And Moyes more so. I'm just really proud of him. I feel like... Yeah. I, I Because I was one of the ones, just like we all were, who were sort of, oh, what the hell were they brought in back for? And I've said it time and time again, no football fan, West Ham or otherwise, can be criticised for having a lowly opinion of David Moyes before he like came to West Ham. Mm. Because after what he'd done at Old Trafford, he hadn't done anything, had he? Real Sociedad at Sunderland, and he just struggled. So, But now, I'm so proud of him. Like Listen to him on the pitch. I don't think they showed it on the telly. No, I, don't know if I you've still seen haven't it seen since. it. I haven't no. seen it. Ah, it was brilliant. It was only, To be fair, obviously there was only 10,000 in there anyway. A few went home, then they did the lap of honour, then Noble spoke and Moyes... Noble got interviewed by Chris Skull, I think it was, the guy yeah. who does the um, the over-the-speaker stuff. And then Moyes came out afterwards, but he just took the mic off him, walked in the middle of the pitch and was just chatting. And it wasn't scripted or anything like that. And I just thought, blimey, you know, what a connection to yeah. to this man that he, he's developed. And I, I'm so happy to eat the humble pie that we've mm. all had to, aren't you? Do you know, yeah, and I was watching, the, they showed the lap of honour on, um, on, on, on Sky. And uh, just watching Moyes do yeah. the pit, and he you know, punching his fists in the air, and you know, waving at the fans, and it was like watching the love of your life do really well at something. <laughs> yeah. You know, oh, I've got that job, babe. Oh, I'm so proud of you, and they're celebrating. You want to pop the champagne open? Just, I uh, just watching him with just a massive grin on my face, tears rolling down my cheeks, just going, oh, I just love that man. I just love him. He's he's given us so much joy. Exactly that, mate. Exactly. Tom, have you uh, would you know with the, with the West Brom game? Before we do the Southampton one in a bit more detail, was there? Well, I assume like the rest of us, you probably had head in hands for quite a long time, didn't you? Thinking, oh, we're going to bottle this, mate. Typically, me, I, I was losing the plot. I was a very tough watch to watch that with. I'll tell that my missus um, rode it with me. But when that corner went in and the penalties missed, you're sat there, you're thinking, <laughs> how? Just as Villa, typical Villa beat Spurs, and you're thinking, just as we get let back in the side door at the very last hurdle, we're going to West Ham it, aren't we? But <laughs> um, it's not even to create one of my agendas, but a bit of quality from Ben Rama just before half time probably changed the game. Not just him, four hours, all of them, but it was, it was a bit of class from him, good run from Suchek, bit of luck with the offside, and we're back in it. And after that, um, second half wasn't easy watch either. I was about to say it was, but that wasn't. Just thank God we've got Ogbonna. Set pieces have been massive for us this season. I think that can't be overlooked. Cresswell's left foot got us, got some big goals and big moments, and that that was another case of it. And as soon as we won that, there's no throwing it away from us. I, I couldn't see us 
not getting anything on Sunday. Nah, no, nah, it was a brilliant, obviously, seeing uh, seeing Big Ange again. He absolutely loves a goal this season, didn't he? I, you know what? I, it was thrilling. It just summed up the season for me, I think, because especially when the Pereira's corner comes in, you think, what the hell's up in there? <laughs> and it wasn't really too hard on Randolph, but when that goes it's, it's, straight it's, in, you think... You Randolph's, want to blame Randolph's him. missed it because Suchek's got, his, got like four of his hairs on it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's away. I'm, it, I'm glad they didn't give it as a Suchek own goal as well in the end because that would have been harsh. Yeah, yeah, but it was just it was one of them unfortunate ones, wasn't it? But no, I think, I don't know, the whole the whole thing, and when Antonio puts it in at the end, that was just like, Relief, here, it? It is, here it is, yeah, here it is. And it just felt different, didn't it? Because we haven't done that. For such a long time, but um, yeah, nice to not put one over on Big Sam as well, especially he's kicking off all the time. Isn't he? Oh, I'm, I'm a short term manager, that's all I am. He was angry after the game as yeah, well. Yeah. He was not oh, he did not like Michael Antonio. And I loved every minute of that because I was disgusting like, disgusting yeah, what he said. Yeah, I was like, yeah, good luck, mate. Wind him yeah. up. Enjoy. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty. It's quite nice actually see him losing the prize. Yeah. I mean, you know what? You know what? The thing is with him, he's given it large all of his career, isn't he? It's not like he's been this humble bloke and then it's, oh, I don't know why people have a go at me. It's like, no, because you continue to be head above the parapet given I should be managing Real Madrid or what, what Barcelona. An- <laughs> the what, what Antonio said, everyone agrees with him and goes, oh, yeah, he's bang on, he's a long ball manager. Like he's played, he, he he didn't play long ball against us for the first time in his entire career, probably ninety minutes of his entire career. He didn't play long ball, and um, someone calls him a long ball manager and he kicks off. <laughs> it's like, mate, what are you talking about? I don't think... even care for him. He's just played a game. He's like, just asking me about myself. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> he's just like a throwaway comment. He doesn't care. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Antonio's just like obviously didn't want to be in the interview. Yeah. He's like, yeah, you're not big Sam. It's a proper just cliche. Yeah, it stuff, was. Yeah. Media train yeah. stuff. He's just reeled off and just got yeah. on with it. To be fair to him, I think that might be what made it a little bit funny. I thought West Brom played really well. Yes. I thought they were actually quite yeah, they decent. Quite good, I didn't yeah. think they were particularly long ball matches. Pereira's classy. He is yeah, class. Yeah, he was good to watch yeah you think he'll go at the end of the season wouldn't you but look that's um, nothing else to add lads on the West End I don't have to wait for either of you on Zoom this is so nice you can just interrupt Yeah, it's good to be able to hear Tom as well without it all kind of get a bit crackly. <laughs> yeah. Also, see me without yeah. my face. I'm just waiting for him to go. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> try my best. Oh, sorry, boys, don't know what happened there. Hang on, let me go and reboot the router again. <laughs> Four hour zooms later. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So nothing else for West Brom boys nah. before we nah, move nah, on. Nah. No, uh, Southampton, of course. Then I'm going to start with the. I only wrote one note about it. I don't know. I assume, and I hope you can hear it on a TV, but the most enjoyable part of the whole game was listening to the 10,000 that were in there singing not just We Are West Ham's Claret Blarmy but David Moyes' Claret Blarmy. I haven't heard well we haven't and the West Ham fans haven't sung about the manager's name since Slaven Bilic mm. it was Slaven Bilic mm. who's Claret Blarmy the last time and hearing it was brilliant I thought it was great you know there's been times isn't there when when groups of fans, Tom, you'll know going to a lot of away games as well, where someone tries it and you it want like to get behind it. It's out yeah. for a game or two, but you can tell half of the crowd are like, oh, I'm not so mm. sure really. I like the sentiment, but it's not for me. But no, 10,000 in full voice, David Moyes, Claire Blue Army for ages and ages. And I, I don't know what you, you boys feel on that, but it was really nice. It just made me feel connected to the manager, which yeah. I haven't since Billet. Well, that's one of the key things that David Moyes has done since he came back to the club is, is connected the fans. Mm back with the club we feel connected with we haven't felt like that for years not since you no know, final season up to par yeah. um and even that was just a one-off season and then you know it kind of all went back to normal didn't it really so he he's given us 
you know, our club back is the way, I mean, without being a, true, an, yeah. another cliche almost, but <laughs> um, he has given us, he's given us hope. He's given us our dreams back of actually seeing West Ham do well or at least try every week, which is what we've seen. And, um, yeah, and he's achieved something that no one's achieved at West Ham since Harry Redknapp in '99, um, in, in finishing the top six. So he deserves all he deserves all those songs. Does all deserves all the credit he gets. Um, just been he's just been superb. He deserves it. Yeah. No, I'm I'm, I'm just really just, it just makes me happy. I just mm. think that must have been such a lonely place for the bloke. He must have had especially he was he was excellent at Everton, and yeah. I thought when he took the Man United job, I thought what a an, what an appointment. That's mm. what I'd have done. Ferguson obviously saw it as well, and it just turned out that I think Fergie knew that that was he got out at just the right time anyway, didn't he? Yeah, squad he su- left behind yeah. wasn't exactly stellar, was it? No, it was a bit of a surprise they won that last league title, wasn't it? And then all of a sudden. Moyes goes in there, he done what he does, and that's such an enormous change, isn't it, following Ferguson in, and it's told since, isn't it? Solskjaer's probably been their best manager since, and they've had some elite names, And even they? then, he struggled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's only now, he's sort of getting that new, this, this like new identity of Man United. These things take time, don't mm. they? And I think the other two jobs, he's, or the, the Real Sociedad and Sunderland, they were challenging gigs as well, Tough. weren't they? And that's obviously a man who thinks, backs himself, but there's no doubt that would have had an effect on his general well-being. What a lonely place that must have been, mm. from being like, you know, the highest of highs after Everton, going to Man United, and being backed as the man to replace Sir Alex Ferguson. That's got to be a huge feeling. Go on, Tom. Yeah, and also for us, the, the fact that the owners said, and the language they used when they got rid of him at West Ham, was we're taking another lex- a next-level manager, was it? Mm. Um say that to what David Moyes has achieved one of the most successful and experienced coach in Premier League that probably hit his confidence as well after first good job he'd done since Everton was at us to keep us up that season Um, and to come back and just see how happy he is and talk about him in the press there's a a thing this morning saying he must be one of the only West Ham managers of all time to be liked Um, and to see stuff like that and for him to come out and accept that and now feel that it's special because he really does deserve it he has gone through everything for 10 years being told how much of a failure you are, being seeing yourself as a meme, saying you're done, to come back here and do it with a team like West Ham, I don't think wider media realise how tough a job the West Ham job actually is. Look at the names he failed, how much money certain managers have had in it, and it's just not worked, but he's got back to the ethos, young players with something to prove, no superstars, no one trying to take money like a Felipe Anderson or someone like that. Hernandez. He, yeah, exactly, these ilka players, and he's turned it all around, like Jones said, and got some sort of structure back in and like walking in the middle of that huddle speaking at West Ham he owns it he feels like it's his club now and it's probably the first time he's felt that since Everton so mm. delight for him Mate, I just feel uh, James you're probably the same my dad said this to me he just I honestly feel like that and it's not just because of the success and I know it's easy to say because we've got sixth and I honestly reckon if we'd got seventh it would have been annoying, but I'd have still been a bit excited because mm. we'd have all probably booked up to go to one of them rusty <laughs> Eastern European countries for a weekend, wouldn't we? Save yeah. me Before a score. We'll make, yeah, we'll make a bit of a laugh of it, all three of us, whatever, and it would be West Ham in Europe. I know it would have been tinged with, mm, this is a bit annoying because this stadium actually has got a train going through it. But <laughs> <laughs> I just think my dad said to me, he just said, yeah, I feel connected again. And I'm honest, I haven't had the feeling since we've been at the London Stadium, and I think it's because you've got someone... I've said it before in these exact words. Who cares as much as we do? It feels. It feels. I, I do think, and I will just caveat what Tom said. But I do think David Moyes got given his job back 
because he was one of the cheaper options. That is one of the reasons. There is mm. no way anyone mm. can convince me that the fact that he cost about a third of what Pellegrini was getting didn't play a part in, in that decision to bring him back. Anyone who says that to me, mm. well, I'll argue until I'm blue in the face. That's not true. However, he's made it work, hasn't he? He's, he feels like he's working hard. Every time he comes out in the interviews... You don't feel like he's playing up to us, the fans, or the board, <coughs> or the mm. players. He just he says it how it is, backs himself, and you know all the stuff about managing expectations around Champions League. You know what I mean? You will get managers or even players who come out and go, yeah, yeah, I know, we want that. He managed. It. I just he's got honestly, a bit of bravado as I've well. He's got so much respect for him. He did it right from the off though when he came back <clears throat> and said. I'm not going to give the fans any false promises. Mm. We're just going to, you know, we're going to have our own targets within the dressing room and we're just going to go for it. We're not going to, because we've had so many false promises over the years. You know, we could we could do a whole pod on all the promises we've been given and never been followed through. Um, and I think that was the right thing, thing for him to do when he arrived. Just spent, look, I'm not going to promise anything. This is what we're going to do. Uh, this is how I'm going to work. This is, this is who I'm going to look for in the transfer window. And let's see where we end up and what. 12 months later, he's ended up in the top six because we've all just gone, okay, Dave, you know, crack on and do what you got to do and we'll see, see how we get on. Mm. Um, and I think that's the best way, best way, the best thing he's done is just manage the expectations, probably within the squad as well, <coughs> and gone, you know, you guys are capable of doing it, but can you do it? Mm. And they've proved that they can. And uh, fair play to him as well for actually coming back to the club because if I mean if I was in his position I would have gone no, uh, no. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Again, thanks but no thanks mate uh, I mean, do you think I, I, I mean they've literally got rid of him after keeping us up and gone we want a big name manager and he's gone oh, well that was me by the way um, I had been managing the Premier League for 12 years and um, oh, but don't worry about it I'll, I'll leave uh, and then what two years later has gone oh, yeah go on I'll come back and save you again I mean well, if, that, if that was me or some other other managers they'd probably have gone no, Dave. Uh, uh, all right. No, but since Sullivan's he name put up in his thank phone, you. Yeah, he, did, yeah, he thank needed you. a job. Yeah. He, he did need a job, but he did enough in that first spell at West Ham to to, to warrant getting another job in the future, because he kept us up. Um, maybe in his head, he was like, "I don't want to go down the same route as Big Sam and become the the, the manager mm. that saves everyone." So I want. I'm going to I'm going to have another <laughs> go at it. Yeah, or not this time. Um, maybe, but I mean, if that was me, I would have gone. If I was just Solomon's number pop up in my phone, yeah. my phone ring, and I would have gone, nah. Yeah, right. Well, Tom's basically said it there. There was not people queuing up around the block to give him a job, were there? Let's be honest. No, but I don't... Do you know his, what I mean? His one's a weird one. He felt like he had one failure at United, which wasn't like a sustained failure. It was one <laughs> year, wasn't it? It was one year at United, then one bad year at Sunderland, and then after that, he was done in everyone's which eyes. Which Sunderland's a poison chalice as well, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, and like Chris Coleman still, still is, yeah. loved after yeah. his role at Sunderland. It was bizarre, wasn't it? And now you look at it and you think, how stupid is the football world? Because he's done such a mental job with us. Like, mm. I couldn't believe it. Couldn't see anyone doing this in any period of time, and... Makes you wonder now who else has been let go too early or not trusted nah. enough at, at points, but not from our point for West Ham managers, but other managers, people in the football world, because mm. with, a, with a bit to prove in his teeth, it's probably the best job he's ever done. I think it's a bigger job than getting four for Everton. Now, be I no. think it is because they they were in the middle of it. They were fifth and sixth for a while. They were bouncing out. To take us him from, though, isn't it? Though? That's what I'm saying. But from take us immediately to where we've gone in one full season in his first full season with us, it's probably more work to have been done then than there was to take a already built 
Everton team from sixth to fourth. Yeah, but if we come twelfth next season, then uh, you've got what he done at Everton was that's, no, no, it's unbelievable. The highlight of his career, it's got to be. That's the best job, but I'm saying a one season, a, a biggest surprise. I'm not sure if yeah. he would have ever have even called top six. No, nah, potentially, but I think this is probably a, a worthwhile time then, um, Jonesy. I'm sure it's something you were going to say later on in the show anyway. But as you've brought it up, it links nicely. Just to thank. Manuel Pellegrini for laying the big team mentality <laughs> foundations because without him obviously you know you've heard Tuchel saying it about Lampard at Chelsea you know thanks so much to Frank because if it wasn't for what he's put in before me we wouldn't be in the Champions League final in the top four yeah, thanks for thanks for competing in most of the Champions League for me I'll just do the last two <laughs> rounds yeah yeah well that's yeah. the same with Manuel isn't it it's like thanks so much Mark Noble come out on the Peter Crouch podcast the other day saying he had a good relationship with him fought a lot of him and uh, you know, Premier League winner, proven pedigree. He's obviously laid the foundations there, and Moyes has just come in and just reaping the benefits off the top. <laughs> Surely, so, I mean, I mean, so no, there's no rebuttal, do, is there? Do, do you reckon? Like, yeah. Do you reckon Pep Guardiola is thanking Manuel Pellegrini as well, just going, "Oh, thanks for laying the foundations at City." Of course, he is. Before I come <laughs> yeah, in and just exactly. win everything, should we just thank Manuel Pellegrini for everything? Yeah, well, he's put, Manuel Pellegrini is the football version he, of a groundwork, isn't he? He's the mastermind of Manchester City's dominance over the last five years. And now ours. And, and ours over the makes last year. Oh, I suppose it does make sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, gracias, Manuel, if you're listening. Yeah. I'm, if. Of course he is. Obviously. I say these stupid things, don't I? Uh, lads, anything else about the, the Southampton game? Obviously, brilliant uh, to hear from my point of view. The fans singing David Moyes' name, David Moyes' Claret Blarmy. Um I'm going to admit it because none of you were there with me. Uh, if I think about mm, probably a minute and a half before Pablo Fornell scored the first of his two goals, I turned him to my dad, quite red in the face, going, is, is he ever going to learn how to convert in the final third of the pitch? Every single well. time he gets in the box, that he shoots and it scuffs along the floor, or he puts it wide, or he tries to cross it and it goes out. I said to myself, he's such a poor finisher about five minutes earlier. Yeah. Literally. Such a poor finisher. Oh, it's a bit tragic, isn't it, thinking of James sitting in his office on his own? <laughs> I say it's an office, it's more of a cupboard. <laughs> yeah, no, isn't it? yeah, exactly. He just yeah, wanted yeah. his peace and quiet, I respect yeah. it. Um, Tom, Pablo Fornells in. I mean, again, it's all felt a bit fairy tale this season, isn't it? Yeah. Nah, he's just, I mean, he's been brilliant, isn't he, to be fair to him? He's, he's the final third, and hopefully over the summer he. He, you know, cuts his pre-season a bit short and, and takes his shooting boots into Rush Green for a couple of weeks before mm. everyone else gets back and tries to aim for... Well, just stop scuffing them, for Christ's sake. Even the ones he scored. Just boots boots yeah. yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah, I reckon they're too big for him. Just get but half an inch higher or something. It was, uh, it was still lovely, Tom, wasn't it? Just seeing Pablo pop up to, to seal our European fate, basically. Nice and comfortable. 30 and 33 minutes were his two goals doing his little baby celebration. So felicidades to Pablo for his new quality. baby that's on the way. But it was wonderful, wasn't it? Just to see him it was just quality. stepping up. It was quality to see him step up. And he has been, um, he's been brilliant. He's mm. so good for us on both sides, on the ball, off the ball, starting counter-attacks. And to have that last last moment in the sun in such a big season, get some goals, because that is the one part of his game. And for someone so technically good, so good on the ball, you wonder where it goes in the in the final third. Sometimes he has time in the box and he makes the wrong decision. But so good to see him do it when he's with the with his misses. There, great celebration. Always love that one. He's the most excited man whenever we score. Yeah. So for him to actually score one in a big game was pretty nice to see. But I love him and I think he'll only get better. He's a great age. 
Pellegrini got in to thank for him, so um, obviously he's going to come good. Look, if you can, uh, you can't really see James's face on YouTube, but you can just just the putrid little red tinges at the end because he does not like us praising <laughs> Manuel Pellegrini. You know what I'm waiting for though, Tom? Go on, Pablo to do the old. As soon as he has the baby, yeah, the yeah, arm. makes already, sense. We've already had one of those the, with uh, Sufal and uh, Sufal yeah. Everton and Suchet scored. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, uh, yeah. they did that for Sufal. The old rocking the yeah. arms under the body. I love yeah. that. That's it's a good seller. Absolute f- favorite of mine that one and then Decker's wrapping it up if you'd written it you'd have probably written that wouldn't you three two nil half time feet up yeah no dramas at all Tottenham losing yeah we're cruising to it and then just about um as Tottenham get back into the game Declan goes don't worry everyone just calm down don't panic we've got this saunters up the left hand side on his own anyone in the box nah don't worry I'll bosh it in the bottom left Good finish. Whack, three what, nil, he, he, five minutes to go. Da, na, na, he even gets his little ovation. He's been in that position so many times where he's just ran and ran and ran and ran, and he, mm. he, he every, off every <laughs> single every single time he'll get into the box. He'll have a shot. He'll either go miles over. I think he hit the bar at Leicester yep. after that long run, or the keeper will save it. And he's never finished them off. Um, I mean, he was helped massively by the fact that the defence were almost running away from him. <laughs> yeah, and, and, then, the and then Alex McCarthy kind of just sort of just lay down. Yeah, he was like, "Put it yeah, in the box. Put bit, it down there yeah, if you want." I'll, I'll, I'll dive the other way, mate. Don't yeah, worry yeah, about yeah. it. Um, but it was great to see him score, especially after he missed the penalty a, a, a few days earlier. Um, and the perfect guy to, to wrap up what's been a fantastic season. Um, it's what three goals for him this season? Two goals. Um, so hopefully he can start scoring some more for us as well next season. Yeah, absolutely, man. And you know what? I don't, I don't want to go jump the gun too prematurely on this, but the way he's talking recently, I don't know if I'm being naive. He's he, staying. He he hinted in his um, post match that he was like, "We'll play anyone next year." Yeah, that's he what I'm saying. Like, he was like, "We'll play anyone." Um, How can you want to leave? If all, you're a... all the good times are coming. Um, like really looking forward to playing the Europa League next year. Sort He's of thing. the captain. So it was like, you've got to, haven't you? I mean, had we not qualified for Europe, then it would have been like it'd have been a bit of a worry. But yeah. you know, he's got he's got the perfect excuse to hang around for at least one more year. Yeah, yeah. no, he's, he's exactly that. You've summed it up, James. I'm not going to add to it like I normally do for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> Excellent, uh, thanks. Worded, <laughs> Jonesy. Um, Mark Noble, even even he came on at the end just for a little Lovely touch. swan song. Yeah, Declan Rice getting his uh, getting his ovation, but Noble coming on, he did a little speech afterwards. It was, you know, it was pretty. It was one of those, you know. Sometimes I don't know how you two feel, just because I'm a bit of a miserable, cynical old man, even though I'm not even thirty yet. But um, it was just you, Tom. Do you ever find it where fans and players and they like overthink the fans? Yeah, sorry, not fans now, don't yeah. do it. Players and managers overthink and I'm like alright and it's like oh, if it wasn't for the fans everything for the fans we do all this for the fans it's like alright well the 250 grand a week you get you probably do it a bit for that <laughs> Mr Pogba or you know whoever, yeah. Mr Fernandez or whoever it might be I find it a little bit like it's just like alright don't say it like just say it once or twice just show it but on the, the only pitch. reason like, why is because there was 10,000 fans there and obviously they haven't played in front of fans yeah. for what 18 yeah, months know. or whatever it was it's just so, do you know what I mean it's just like <laughs> yeah, it's how that's come from fair, at least he didn't the last time he addressed the fans um, at least he didn't come out with this club's not run like a circus yeah. no more <laughs> oh, which yeah. I was, which I was kind of waiting for I was going oh, don't say it don't say it don't say it <laughs> Yeah, th- yeah. I suppose if it's a choice between thanks so much to the board and thanks so much to the fans, yeah, you'll take that. Yeah, maybe. Look, we'll have that conversation later on about Gold Sullivan and Brady. It's an intriguing one. Um, we've got the uh, we've got Chad coming up. We've got the end of season awards. 
one thing just with that, Tom, with Takumi Minamino when he chips it over Fabianski, were you there going, Ooh. I thought he was in. The, the yeah. whole way I thought he was in. And he's usually quite quite a decent player, technically. I thought he'd just nestle in and I thought, here we go. But thank God for that. Thank God for that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, lads, look, we've got Chad from Betway coming up. We'll do a little mini season review next. We'll look back at some of the takes that we had last summer, some of the good things and bad things that have happened over the year before we speak to Chad, and then we'll do the We Are West Ham End of Season Awards after that. All of that's coming up next. So you are still listening to the We Are West Ham podcast with me, Will Pugh, Tom Edwards and James Jones for the very last time of the season. We might have a little bit of a something for you next week, but it won't be what you're used to. Then me and the lads are going to have a few weeks off, give ourselves a chance to rest and recharge, do some planning for the podcast next season. Enjoy the Euros, of course, as well. Um, So you won't have any We Are West Ham podcast for a few weeks, but we will be back stronger than ever, no doubt. Mm next season it'd be nice boys won't it if we can just actually sit opposite each other like this a few more times because it yeah. is a lot more mm. enjoyable isn't it i've made the best of uh, a weird situation last year but it's lovely this is how we all started wasn't it just talk, the proper headphones on proper microphones looking across at each other no more of that putting your hand up on zoom or putting <laughs> in the chat can i talk next <laughs> none of that rubbish um right so boys we've we've done the west brom and Southampton games, the last two post-match reactions of the season. I want to look a bit more bigger picture now, so a bit more of a, a season review. We've got the end of season awards coming up, like I mentioned, and we'll we'll have you know your player of the year, goal of the season, moment of the season, that sort of thing in there. But I want to look a bit more like the the newsy sort of stuff that that's happened over the season. Our reactions at the time, obviously, are you know in hindsight, it's a wonderful thing, isn't it, in football and in life. Um, there's a few a few issues. The the main two, as I was listening back to the end of season review last year, was surrounding Jeremy and Gakia and Grady Diangana. Obviously, at that time we had no idea what was going to happen with Diangana. There was talk we were saying that Ngakia looked likely to leave, and it looked like he was going to West Brom. So there was no chat about the Watford thing then. Those two players have left, and frankly, Ngakia we've brought in already a West Ham cult hero yeah. Vladimir Soufal mm-hmm. so if it wasn't for his departure as far as I'm aware I was chatting to a Watford friend of mine I don't know a month or so ago was saying he hasn't really been getting in I think it's that Kiko Firmino yeah. if I'm not wrong who plays right back for them he said the style of play they've been playing under their 98th manager this century or whatever it is <laughs> um, said that yeah, he, he's, been, he's been, barely been getting a game there to be fair to him he's probably getting 30 grand a week rather than the 12 he was offered at West Ham um, but I mean we, we don't miss him Tom at all do we? No and you're right that's the one probably at least expected to get filled but like so Sufa's a legend he's an absolute Ready, yeah. West Ham icon Thomas Repka clone get him in it and yeah we, he's not been missed one bit I haven't even watched Watford once all season and thought oh I'll take him back so mm. we've moved on from that one very quickly yeah and then I, I assume you feel the same James again sort of a bit of a I did like him I thought he was pretty good I think we he was emerging well and, you know, you don't know these players' situations, do you? He was offered 12 grand a week at West Ham, which obviously to us is a lot of money. But then he was offered three times at, uh, at Watford and I, I hadn't got any animosity towards him as a as a player, to be fair. And especially now West Ham's a club are in a better shape with Soufal yeah. instead, aren't we? I think I think 
looking back at the time, I think we were like, well, you know, good riddance then, mate. If you don't mm. want to hang about at West Ham, you want to go to Watford, it's just been relegated, then, you know, good riddance. Um, well, nothing, nothing against him as such. Well, sounds like you do. Um, but no, I think at the time it was. At the time it was just like, all oh, right, okay, well, if we're not good enough for you then, mate. Because the club wanted to keep him. Yeah, but for twelve, um, like twelve grand a week or thirty grand a week, like I don't well, really I mean, uh, hold I mean, anything against. Him I mean, for that. yeah, I mean he got a better offer elsewhere. Um, so I suppose fair play. But at the time, it was like, okay, well, you're literally just broken into the first team, mate. So I don't know why you. And the start of that season, he was the backup right back in the under twenty threes. So yeah, he, he did come he, from nowhere. He, he only got in because Ben Johnson was injured, mm. um, and that's why he got his chance. Um, but yeah, I mean, looking back now, it's you know, we've ended up with Soufal. Um, and he's barely get, got a game in the championship. He will be in the Premier League next year, obviously. But um, but yeah, it's worked out nicely for for both both parties, I think. Mm, yeah, exactly. Fair enough. Grady Dean Garner, then Tom. Oh, I mean, James, <laughs> you tell us your little anecdote. We we're yeah. just chatting about it off of air. Um, obviously, yeah. absolute uproar, wasn't there when well, when it emerged that he was leaving? Well, looking back now, so just a re- it was just a really bizarre thing to have happened to the football club. And when when the news broke, I was on a stag do with my, with my mates. It was like the night before the big night. It was like the warm-up night. The, the pre-night. Yeah, dress rehearsal. Yeah, the dress rehearsal. And we're, we're sort of sitting in the pub garden and um, and it, the news breaks and we're all West Ham fans and it's, it's almost ruined the stag do. Everyone, <laughs> everyone's like, ch- like wanting to chuck their pint across the pub and <laughs> and then it's like, oh, Mark Noble's just tweeted, he's not happy either. And everyone's like, yes, no, yes, no. And then, like, yeah, it was just, just a really like angry situation for everyone involved, wasn't it? And... Looking back now, it's so bizarre because, <laughs> like, we had no idea of what was going to happen, and we thought it was like the end of the world. You know, you got David Gold a week before tweeting a picture of Dean Garner yeah, in training, going, "Oh, you know, such an exciting player." So that's great... hello, yeah. giving it can't wait <laughs> like, imagine, to play with him. <laughs> yeah, like imagine these two next season; it's going to be great. And then what, a week later, he's sold to to West Brom, and everyone's you know lost their heads. Um, and it turns out that you know he barely got a game because he got injured and. That was it. Can you imagine that conversation in the boardroom? David Gold's going in, going, What do you mean you're selling him? You see what I tweeted last week? (laughs) You're having a laugh. No, no, no. Anyone but him. Anyone but him. him. Sorry, Dave. I've just, just, it's a check for 18 million quid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Look, it's it's one of my, I even put DG on the end of it. So, no, it's me. What are you doing this to me? He's got his Uber on the way to the All Fall. Yeah, literally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was upset by the decision, and it's one of those, isn't it? I mean, again, there are those of us fans, and we try not to be those. We do try and be pretty objective, I find, in our conversations about whatever it is, the board in particular, because it is a touchy subject among among fans, certainly a, a, a divisive one at, at some stages. I was angry about it at first because he was showing a bit of promise. But now, I mean, we we all look silly, don't we? But then it's not as easy as that, is it? Everyone's going, oh, everyone who's so angry about Dean Garner's an idiot. It's like, well, no, because decisions you make at the time, the evidence suggested Mm. that it would have been worthwhile holding on to him, Mm -hmm. wouldn't it? And we don't know know that it it might. He got like six assists in pre-season, didn't he? And And we hadn't signed anyone before then, had we? So it was just a bit of a doom and gloom. And the only name getting touted was Craig Dawson. So we weren't weren't thinking (laughs) we were the best time. And now look at us. The one who James Jones was clamouring to be sold in (laughs) January. What's the point? He's not even in the team. Get rid. (laughs) No, but Grady Dean Garner, Tom, you don't know that playing in a team who 
were a bit more attacking like we were, who were just a better team with better footballers around you rather than struggling for in the relegation zone. I don't know. Do you think he would have performed better or do you think, you know what, actually we've done well to get 18 million or 19, whatever it was, for him there? And yeah, you know, happy to eat humble pie along with 98% of, <laughs> of other West Ham fans. I was a bit of a sit on the fences. I do think he's a good player, and I do think there there is a decent player in there. I think playing in our system, get on the ball a bit more with like the Ben Ramos, he could have done all right. But eighty million, Ben Ramos. Sorry, Lanzini. Do you know what I mean? But in that pocket behind the front man, Antonio could have done all right and, and added something, particularly at the start of the season um, when it looked like we were short of wingers and short creativity. But eighteen, ninety million in hindsight, it's a lot of money considering what we've been playing for like Bowen recently. So. We don't miss him. We don't miss him for that money, and we did get we did get um, reinforcements in, which which have taken us to another level. But good on him because I do think he's a good player. He's just probably had a bit of bad luck, like like Jonesy mentioned. Do you think anyone, any footballer ever, is rubbish? Uh, not if they doesn't he just say that all the I'm time? I'm so respectful. Oh, of there's a good there's a good player in there somewhere. No, I think he's good. I, I, I won't say. I think he's a good player. He's had a bad season. I think he's been unfortunate. No, with not Billy just him. Going. I don't. I, to, to, I, to be fair, do you, don't I mean, you think? I mean. Particularly from my standard, I don't know about. I mean, I told you you're a better footballer than I am. I'm sure. Geasley, uh, I don't know if you know. Geasley, exactly. up, up, up Geasley. <laughs> yeah. um, but any footballer, when I compare him to myself, is is like world class. <laughs> so, like, I mean, I can see where he's coming from, mate. Like, he's a good footballer. No, no, I don't I'll... mean it about Dean Garner. I just find I just sort of becoming a bit of a pattern. I asked Tom what he thinks about a player isn't performing that well, or <laughs> that the answer could be, yeah, actually, yeah, I'm not that bothered because he's not that good. It's always, well, good player. Can you actually, Jonesy? Can you remember Tom ever running Roberto down, or was he just big? No, him I ran well? him down. I ran him down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean. Yeah. Still rate him. He's a good player in there. <laughs> yeah, literally that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, look. I mean, yeah. I, I still hope Grady Grady does well. I don't think West Ham particularly need him anymore. Do you think? I mean, given that Bowen's probably the closest comparison, I think. Would you? You know, would you swap? Would you say or still say we've got the better version, James? By far, got the better version. Mm. I mean, if you look at Bowen's season, almost an unsung hero. If you look at the numbers he's produced. I think it's what eight goals, six assists. Um, I mean, you just got to look at those. Got to look at those stats for uh, for proof, really, haven't you? That we've got, we've got the better deal in the end. Do we praise uh, David Sullivan and Tom for that one? I mean, we'll go into it in a bit more detail, but that was a hard decision he had to make. And let's be honest, we've just said it there. It's it's worked out fine. We don't miss him at all. Nineteen million quid in the bank, which paid for Suchek, and you'd swap Suchek for Dean Garner all day long, wouldn't you? So do we? Do we go? Yeah, hats off to you, Dave. There's, it was a tough decision to make, given that the backlash it got, even from the captain of the football club, and ultimately, he, whether mm. it was for the the right reasons or not, it's it's worked out okay, isn't it? Yeah, in hindsight, it looks like a good business decision, but at, at the time and what transpired after in the window, I think the reaction to that Dean Garner set him into gear and made him go out and at least get Sufau and at least get a winger in Dawson. So right now you have to look at it. Yeah, it's a good decision, but I hate giving him any credit. But on this one, 19 million for a bloke who scored one goal in the Premier League, you can't complain. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, James, you backed uh, last season Nathan Holland to be in with a shout of winning Hammer of the Year within the next two to three seasons. Those are your words. Still got, still got two years left. <laughs> <laughs> how do you uh, how do you look back on that statement uh, twelve months later? Is he still at the club? 
<laughs> well, could be like, anywhere in Europe <laughs> no thank you as, as the uh, as the presenter of the podcast that was one of those where I throw it to you hoping <laughs> they'll fill in this hole in my information because I have not I got a clue I had a feeling I think he is that he went out on loan did he go on loan somewhere to nah. Oxford United he went or to Oxford ASC last year. Wimbledon he was at Oxford last year wasn't he um, I think he scored big that injury. great FA Cup goal yep. against Newcastle didn't he well in that case James or you've Borough. got even more look uh, no apparently Nathan Holland 22 years of age still at West Ham United, um, yeah, no, so... Well, he was bigged up, wasn't he, by Manuel Pellegrini, of all people. <laughs> and you. Yeah. And me, and me. Um, but we, we were led to believe that he was he was knocking on the door for the first team, weren't we, at the time? Mm. And um, and all this all this sort of low-key hype around him, I thought, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll throw his name in the hat and, you know, look like I'm a little bit ahead of the curve. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I've uh, watched this Way guy. ahead of the yeah, curve. Watch this yeah. guy. He's great. Um, and he's just kind of disappeared off the face of the earth, bless him. Um, but I've still got two years to, to for, for that prediction to come through. So don't judge me too yet, boy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, God, a far bit from me to yeah. laugh at you prematurely, James. I wouldn't <laughs> <laughs> would not dream of uh, doing that. Tom, Fabian Balbuena is, it looked like, I mean... I read his Instagram post really like soon after it came up and it was one of those I sort of took a double take because I was like, I'm not sure if that means he's going. It sounded like a nice message you could just write at the end of a season. Um, well, he posted the picture up, didn't he? You know, thanks to everyone at West Ham. Um, thanks to everyone who works hard behind the scenes. Like, what a great effort. It was only when he went, enjoy next season. And I was like, well, the bloke's Spanish. Like, or Sorry, he's from Paraguay, obviously, mm. but his first language is Spanish. I'm not certain how good his English is or, you know. Um, and I was like, oh, well, I'm not I'm not sure. Are you, are you going then, um, There's Fabian? contracts up, in it? Well, yeah, That's but, why, yeah. yeah. So it seems like like mm. he's out the door. There's been no announcement, though, is there? Not as yet. far as, forgive me <laughs> if I'm wrong, but there's been no official announcement. It, it'll just be in the retained list, won't it? That comes yeah. out in a couple Surely of weeks. Surely he deserves a bit more than that. If that's true, I'm not going to slag the yeah. club off before they've. He's been decent. He's done a being decent third, fourth choice centre half. And, and for what we've got next year, maybe not renew it another year. I don't no, know. But yeah. he's only made, he's only made, well, he's been in the club for three years. He's only made 60 appearances. So what's that? What, tw- an average of 20 a season? Hmm. Um, as a backup, that's not too bad. No, I don't think but, it's bad. You know, we've got, and I was looking at it the other day, and David Moyes has already sounded out that um, Jamal Baptiste, maybe um, Jamal Baptiste, but they've got that that lad, that, that Danish lad that they bought. Alves, oh, yeah, Alves. Frederick Alves, yeah, um, who has already been training with the first team apparently, and David Moyes has already said in public um, he's one for the first team in the future. Right. Um, so maybe he's getting promoted. Um, you know, I'm going to look ahead of the curve here, hammer the year, maybe in about two or three <laughs> years' time. Um, maybe that's why they've just gone, well, you know, he's probably on a, a fair whack, isn't he, Balbuena? It's true, yeah. Um, yeah, maybe 50s. Is it worth renewing his contract? Probably not when you've got two youngsters waiting in the wings and you've got the King Craig Dawson living the living the dream as number one. Literally. So uh, what a way to finish the season. Thank you very much, West Ham. It really has been a pleasure to my teammates, coaching staff and club staff with who I had to work with, whom, with whom I've worked with. I only have words of thanks for everything. Best wishes for next season and enjoy this moment. The best is yet to come for Everblown Bubbles, Koye. Now, as I've read that out, it sounds like, yeah, obviously he's leaving. But at the time, I was I was really in uh, I was really in two minds. I even read through the Spanish as well, trying to tap into my GCSE A that I got in the Spanish, yeah, to see if I actually, you know, I'll, I'll read it in his yeah. mother tongue. And uh, I still wasn't sure then, so... She- I'd, 
Unless that says more about my Spanish than his English, to be fair. <laughs> Do you know what's tragic, though? It, it, it means that the last thing we saw of him uh, in Claret and Blue was him being unfairly sent off for kicking a football. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, he didn't make an appearance after that, even though he had his red card rescinded. So his last action as a West Ham player was being red carded for clearing the ball. Which <laughs> oh my is, God, yeah. Which is like, I mean, no wonder Sour he's taste, leaving. He's gone, yeah. I'm done. I'm yeah, done with if English that's football. what English football is. Yeah, I'm yeah, done yeah. with it. I'm done with it. So don't yeah, blame him. Yeah. Can't blame yeah, him. Yeah, that is funny actually, isn't it? Yeah, he's probably out there just like phoning his agents, phoning around clubs and go, right, in your league, if you kick the ball in open play, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, we do that a lot. Yeah, well, if you do that, do you get immediately sent off? No, 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 no. We normally just like play on and then someone else kicks it. Right, I'm in. <laughs> That'd be it. Sign yeah. me up. Vamos! <laughs> <laughs> oh, good old uh, Fabian. Lads, um, Mark Noble as well, I think is one of the biggest moments of the season. It came out that, you know, next year will be his last. And at first, it wasn't sure what he was going to do. Some of the interviews he's done since seems to suggest, Tom. Retire. That retirement's mm. on the cards. He was did an interview that I read this morning actually on uh, that Tom Clark wrote up for Football London, previous guest on the podcast. He wrote it up with um, Nob this morning. Yeah, talking about going to have a kickabout with his mates and and playing in a Saturday team with his mates and that sort of thing. I mean, you know, I, I he got his minutes at the end. There is another season, so it was weird. It was quite like emotional when he when he spoke after the game. Um, at the London Stadium at Southampton but he was sort of quite clear because everyone was a bit like ah and then he was like but remember I've got another year to go like this isn't Mm. goodbye Um, what did you sort of make of that and and having had a bit of time to react to that since Tom and let it all sink in a bit what do you you make of the whole Noble situation I think it is the right time for everyone I think we hope to have a bit of stability with Moyes and Rice and people to see us through the transition because he has been like I said my entire life has been watching Mark Noble pretty much ever since um, under Pardew he's been there and vast majority of my life I don't know any different from Mark Noble and a lot of people don't at the club so it's a big hole to fill but at the right time because we do have the stability we've all talked about with David Moyes with a bit of an anchor there now and um Ability-wise, he's not been able to impact games the same way. We've seen probably his worst season um, since his breakthrough seasons as a West Ham player in terms of output on the field. But he's doing there and he's still done a huge job. So I'm very thankful fans will be back in to give him that last goodbye because if anyone deserves it, it's it's him. And his probably his status will only truly be realised once we're talking about West Ham without him because he has been the club for so long and got mm. us for a lot of good moments so and love the bloke ones. and bad yeah, ones yeah. exactly and I absolutely love the bloke and I'm just really really happy for him that fans will be there to give him a send off because at times he hasn't got the love he probably has deserved and I think this year he will with a bit of success Europa League final to to win that as well yeah, win Europa yeah, yeah. League and that'll be that, that that'll be his he last action that, yeah. in Seville lifting yeah. a trophy of course it will that'd be right anyway. yeah. what, what, what a send off that'll be Jones did you are you concerned because we were chatting off air um, earlier about Declan Rice and saying that you know Manchester United will go into what transfers we want the club to make a bit later on in the podcast but Declan Rice you know if Manchester United say right you can have Lingard this summer Declan Rice it sounds like he's going to stay that's what he's been saying in the interviews we we're probably reading a bit more into it because we we're eager for him too but it sounds like he's excited and looking forward to captain the team he's going to be the captain next year isn't he mm. almost every game um, playing in Europe etc etc leading the club into that era he sounds like he's excited for that so let's assume just for now for argument's sake that he is staying another season and if Man United come and say 
uh, you know, well, you can have Lingard this summer if we get first dibs. So just say we're going to be without Declan Rice and Mark Noble next summer. Are you concerned at all, because I am, that that anchor to what it means to support West Ham and play for West Ham and understand the club values, which Noble himself obviously knew from his family growing up, and then he lived them throughout his career at West Ham since joining when he Mm. was 10. He's obviously passing and has passed a lot of that on to Declan Rice. If they both go at the end of next season, we know Noble is, Declan Rice, depending on what we do, obviously. What happens then? Because you know, I look at a club like Arsenal now, and I just think, who mm. are you? Like, Who's there reminding those players? Well, at least with Chelsea, it's slightly different. But We've got... I mean, there's, there's no there's no saying that there might not another youth player ready to come through. Um, Nathan Holland Nathan Holland maybe <laughs> Connor Coventry's been been earmarked already as a, a potential first team player Big Freddie Alves um, Big yeah, Freddie Alves um, remember these names by the way <laughs> um, but I think I, that person is Suchek already isn't it he understands what it means to play for the club okay he's not from London it's not, yeah. and he's not a born and bred West Ham fan um, but in 18 months you can tell he already understands what the, what the club's all about and you know what the fans are all about and so if there's not a youth player coming through if um, you know all these great youth players that I know, that I know so much about don't fulfil their potential <laughs> um, you've got you've got a player in there that's learnt off the likes of Declan Rice and Suchek over the course of two or three years and, and then can kind of take you know, carry that baton forwards um, he just seems a bit timid Suchek to me I'm not just being facetious oh, for the sake of it well, Noble's a bit more you know you, say, you say that but this is we're talking about a guy that got kicked in the face and his eye was half hanging off and he was just laughing yeah, he's a <laughs> like, nutter he's, he's, yeah but I don't think that translates to <laughs> being able to right. like, the, the, guy, not... the guy isn't timid the guy will shout at you if he wants to shout <laughs> at you <laughs> I'm telling you like, yeah, he, yeah, definitely, yeah. he looks like a type of guy that's a little bit shy in public but if you were in a room with him and you annoyed him he'd, he'd let you know you reckon yeah yeah Tom, he strikes me as a sort of bloke who's the softest man I've ever seen. I think with a pair, we too foul. He gets kicked in the face. He apologised to the bloke who kicked him. He's a gentle giant, but he's the type of guy that you're kind of unassuming. You don't want to annoy him, but if you did annoy him, he'd let you know. Yeah? Yeah, I mean... Tom, any thoughts on Suchek stepping in to fill the void of West Ham... Uh, I like the sense of West Ham. I like. This. I think him and Sufal is a double act. What what Suchek can't do, Sufal can. So maybe maybe as a duo, they might take the baton I mean, forward. Sufal, Sufal, is is sort of like minder. That's what I mean. Like, they balance each other out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, Sufal, I could see, but then obviously he's knocking on a bit, and he. So um, I think it's Moyes. To, in seriously, I think it'd be Moyes will be the man to to try and keep that connection going. I thought you were going to mean like Moyes going to midfield. Yeah, we'll do it. <laughs> yeah. I still got him. Yeah, he's not the same age as nobody. Yeah. It's, it's right, boys. I'll play midfield. There's a player well. in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Well, I, d- I don't know. Maybe, maybe. That's, that's what I'm just a little bit concerned about that. Because like I say, look at Arsenal. Bellerin, I think, is the closest thing they've got. Mm-hmm. To, and know. he's off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. and But you know what I mean? To like yeah. someone who you feel represents you and that bit of relatability. And uh, yeah, it was a little bit of a concern, but hey, that's an, another 12 months. We'll talk about that this time next year. Hopefully that won't be the first time we've seen each other in person for a year again. But lads, look, obviously the biggest news, but actually before we go on, are there any other moments of the season news bits that I might have missed there that you think, oh, what, what about this world that have 
have stayed with you that you particularly want to cover before we uh, before we move swiftly on to the biggest bit of news of the season, which was of course us getting into Europe. No, the Haller one. That was it. Big Seb. Yeah. The selling him was a bit of a weird one. Oh, I don't know. Really. Selling him, selling him wasn't and, weird. And not replacing yeah, him was the was, weird yeah. bit, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then kind of just like throwing all your eggs in one Antonio sized basket. And just going, go on then, Antonio, stay fit for the next six months and we're happy. Yeah. And then, yeah. What, 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 two weeks later he gets injured? For <laughs> yeah, of course months. he does. It's yeah. so, like, yeah, well, that was going to happen, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't I, I don't think necessarily Haller was um, like the the right thing to say. Uh, or, like, I don't think um, holding on to him was the right thing to do because he was on big money as well, wasn't he? And, I, mm. you know, he wasn't cut out for the Premier, he wasn't putting in, we might as well have saved the wages. But yeah, not buying another one to come in, I did think was mm. was a bit amateur. Hour. But look, like we said, we're not going to look back, are we? We are just going to enjoy it. We've come sixth. I do think there are questions to answer from the board about our lack of January investment. But you know what? They also brought Lingard in, which well, I, for one, was pretty underwhelmed about at the time. And the impact he's had, would a striker we brought in scored that many goals and got that many assists? Maybe not. So... Let's leave that one for now. But lads, the final question, the biggest piece of news to happen this season was, of course, West Ham United qualifying for the Europa League proper straight in the group stage, as we've said. None of that faffing about in the playoffs. What do we want from Europe, Tom? I mean, we've we've spoke about it again off air. We need to stop doing that. We save all these good conversations yeah. on it. But here we are. Here we are. Uh, the Europa League's coming up. Some massive teams have been included already. It's a conversation, no doubt, West Ham fans up and down the country, across Europe and the world have been having about who they want to play. Uh, the Italian sides, Lazio and Napoli, I mean, we'll, we'll, yeah, I mean, they're huge. Real Betis and Real Sociedad from Spain. Bayer Leverkusen from Germany. And Tom, you're going to fill in Frankfurt. 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 Yeah. Frankfurt. Again, huge, huge. Massive club. Great stadium yeah, as well. Yeah, brilliant stadium. Yeah, yeah. So, huge there as well. The Marseille and Lyon, Lyon in France. Massive teams. Champions League pedigree. Both of those. Who do you want? I'm assuming for for different reasons. Tom, mm. we'll, go, we'll go with you first. Who do you want from from that group? Because we've got six guaranteed European games next season. It's exciting. You it, know when the draw is. You've got that etched in already, yeah, don't you? Yeah, 27th of August, I think. Just just penciled it in. Just just make sure that I have another day doing nothing so I can sit there and watch <laughs> yeah. it. But, um, Booked annual leave off of yourself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not again, is it, Tom? Yeah. <laughs> um, but honestly, what do you do for a living? Annual leave, <laughs> all year, yeah. every year. Um, honestly, I'm I'm looking forward to getting some. It's all about the big sides. I know it's nice to go through, but I just want a, a decent trip. Marseille is the one which probably interests me the most. Just out of Pie, never been there. Nice part of the world. It's a phenomenal stadium. Yeah, there. exactly. Yeah. And and I'd love to go there. And I've I remember watching a few Champions League nights of them theirs and being dead jealous of it. So. I'd really, really like to go there and I think it'd be a bit of fun playing Pyre. I think that would be uh, an unbelievable atmosphere home and away if we mm. got them. So, so that's probably my number one team I'd like to draw. Yeah, no, you're, you're right, man. I went there for that England-Russia game in the Euros and what an arena mm. it is. Marseille's pretty cool as well. Like It's good to have a beer and stuff around mm. nearby. Lovely to face Pyre. Right, so I've got them in front of me now, Jonesy. I apologise about that. Uh, Real Sociedad, Real Betis, Eintracht Frankfurt, Bayer Leverkusen, Leon Marseille. Uh, Napoli, Lazio, you've got Braga from Portugal, Locomotive Moscow from Russia. What about that? <laughs> oh, give me some of that. Yeah, give me to yeah. Moscow. Yeah, yeah. Fenerbahce, um, AZ Alkmaar, Zoria Luhansk, Randers from Denmark, uh, Royal Antwerp from Belgium, Sturmgratz from Austria, 
Um, then further down in these, these are the uh, playoff rounds and the qualifying rounds and stuff. You've got St. Johnson, Yablonek and, and Thoris Famagusta. They're in the lower rounds. But, I mean, those teams that are guaranteed group stage already were the first ones we read out. Any of those, really. But what, mm. what do you make of the of the Lazio ones? Because I was well up for Lazio, thinking that would be brilliant. That's why I was be... gutted we didn't get in before, because we would have got Roma when we lost mm. to Astra. Yeah. But, um, It'd just be one big loving, wouldn't it, if we got yeah. Lazio? Like, the fans would just, like... They wouldn't need in the home and away section. Everyone just, would just get on with each other. Crying and hugging each other. Yeah, it's just like, it wouldn't matter who won or lost. <laughs> Paolo in the yeah. middle, like, all yeah. frustrating it. Yeah, it'd be brilliant. I mean, it'd be good to face Lazio. Um, there's a few clubs in it obviously we've already spoken about Marseille and the whole pay it connection but nice to put one over him and then mm. um, after what's happened um, if a lot of people forget it'd be good to have Real Sociedad there just so Moyes can put one over them cause mm. oh yeah um, you know I don't think I'm not too sure he's well liked over in, in that part of Spain but um, I can't imagine he is after failing there so it'd be good for him and his career and, his, and everything to be able to put one over them in the Europa League but I'm not really that fussed on who we get if I'm honest yeah. um, I'd like to go to Germany I think Germany's a great country mm. um, particularly f- from a football point of view as well um, so Frankfurt or Leverkusen would be nice but I'd take anyone I don't yeah, really yeah. care just we're in it and we haven't got to worry about not getting into the group stage we're in the group stage that's all I care about and we can just, just having six European yeah, games nice, we've got six it? games I don't yeah. care where we go we could end up going to St Johnston and I'd be like oh, you know, great. <laughs> yeah. um, like whatever mm. like, I'm, I'm just happy we're there yeah absolutely mate no I totally agree and even you know what we're talking about the away days and I'm gagging for those who I've said it before and you're the same time I know that you love a West Ham away day they're the most enjoyable part mm. of, of following West Ham for me but the London Stadium company, they're going to be absolutely Amazing, outstanding, yeah. aren't they? Of yeah. course they are. You know, people going about the atmosphere. There's wrong for big games. There's a big atmosphere in yeah. that stadium, isn't there? We've seen it several times already. I can't wait for that. That, that first one, that first time yeah. game yeah. as well is going to be massive. They're all, they're all Proper gonna... European stage to yeah. see some big names from some of those players, like Leverkusen, some serious players, playing at our stadium be amazing. It might be one of the things which... Gives us a bit of heritage there. Starts the ball rolling with it. Mate, you're mm. spot on there. Yeah, yeah having yeah. some like famous nights. Yeah. We've got a couple, and there are some yeah. games I look back fondly at that stadium already. But you're totally right. It could be the, it could be the thing that really mm. starts stamping it as as home, couldn't it? If you get mm. a few big wins, yeah, absolutely. Well, that's uh, big, big stuff to look forward to there, lads. I think uh, I think that covers most of our our season review. We'll have a little bit more of a look back in the end of season awards, which are coming up. But next. We've got Chad from Betway. And just before we do move on to that section, uh, we obviously speak to Chad. We actually spoke to Chad yesterday. So, um, yeah, he's, he's, he's not here. He's meeting us later for the end of season bash, which is great. But just, you know, the we've managed to raise over 12 and a half grand this year, lads. Tom, you've been playing for Isla's Fight, of course. James for the DT38 Dylan Tombidi's Foundation. I've been playing for the Bobby Moore Fund. Thanks so much to all our guests who came on. Our guest bets, the Ribman particularly, who came on and pulled in 1,100 quid. But Tom, just sort of, you know, when me and James obviously spoke to Chad yesterday, but just tell us a bit what it's meant to you to be able to do this because for all the waffle that we chat about West Ham, I'm really proud of what we've been able to do. Again, all thanks to the guys at Betway as well who took a punt on us. But, you know, with that £12,500 of money goes to charity because of what we've done this season. You've got to be proud of that. Yeah, absolutely. It is amazing and um, no real expectations on how much we would earn at the start and we would do. But particularly from you guys, some brilliant bets. And it's a significant amount of money which will help a lot of people. And when we first started doing this, or at least me, I've had no thoughts that we'd be able to help other people outside of just producing content. So to be able to do that and uh, 
to be in that position. It's been pretty special and to give back to some really important people who are very close to West Ham Hearts and our hearts and all the great work that they do. So to be able to support that has been the biggest perk of this, really. And, yeah, very proud of us, particularly you two, for for drawing in the big money. But, yeah, brilliant. And and definitely the highlight of the season for me has been been helping out with that. Yeah, it's good stuff. And the good news as well, of course, that that's been... uh, We've had the deal rubber-stamped again, Jonesy, for next season. So we'll have another 12 months of, of Betway charity bets and another 12 months... Hopefully, of earning at least the same, but perhaps a bit more money, and to you know, to to be in the in the region of like twenty k plus raised for charity over a couple of years, will be a fantastic position to be in. So you'll hear more about that from Chad, who's next. So you are still listening to the We Are West Ham podcast with me, Will Pugh, Tom Edwards and James Jones for the last time this season, in fact. And one of the sections that we've had running this season, one of our favourites has, of course, been the Betway charity bets. Uh, Last week's games were the last picks that we had, West Brom and Southampton. No winners for any of us, unfortunately. But it has been a stalwart of the podcast all season long and it's come to the end now i'm delighted to say that chad yeomans from betway is joining us for the last ever betway charity bet section of this season but thrilling news to start off with chad is that uh we've had the the rubber stamp the seal of approval that uh will be carrying on next year and uh the the betway we are west Ham partnership continues for 21 22 it does indeed. And look, gents, thank you all so much for your help this season. 38 fantastic fixtures, 38 fixtures of trying to predict a three-leg bet-your-way bet. Your way bet. Uh, look, some, some phenomenal successes. Let's start with James's 40-1 to winner, which absolutely unheard of, boys. Like, congratulations for all your successes. But James, tell me about that 40-1 winner. What made you pick? I think it was against, it was Leicester, wasn't it? It was Leicester against both teams to score. Jesse Lingard to have three shots on target. And Jared Bowen to score any time. I mean, I'm just as surprised as anyone else, Chad, if I'm honest. But um, it, it got to the point in the season where I really wanted to just mix things up a little bit in terms of the bets. That's why I went the shots on target. And I, I think I was looking at the stats and Lingard had, had at least two shots on target for his like, previous three appearances or something. So I thought the odds on two shots are probably going to be Know, relatively low given these records so I'm going to go for three and see what happens and I think all three come up in the first half and um, yeah couldn't believe it but yeah it's just just amazing to see to see a big one come in um, and I'm also delighted that I managed to beat Will because he'd already had a, a big one come in earlier on in the season so did Ribman as well um, so yeah I was I was very pleased to, to end the season with the biggest winner as well I mean there's only a couple of hundred quid between you and Will well, I mean, lightning struck twice for you, didn't it? Let's, let's be brutally honest. You had the same bet land on match day 10 as it did on match day 37 with uh, Angelo Bonner to score any time, both teams to score and the Hammers to win that specific match. 25 to one the first time, 22 on the second time. I mean, now that, now that is good tipping. Yeah, no, I was absolutely delighted, mate. I think the obviously West Ham have been lethal from set pieces and wide positions this season. Cresswell's assist stats are, are through the roof. And, you know, Dawson's popped up with a few as well. We've been successful scoring via those methods. I remember the first one was was the funniest one. Chad, I think um, as I've developed a bit of a habit of doing, I texted you with a bet 
during the week. You've told me it was an absolutely ridiculous idea and that there's no way that uh, Betway could price it up because I was just being stupid as usual. And uh, I think I remember I was being in a I was in a right rush. So I was just on the go and you text and said, no, that's no good. So I just went, yep, yeah, okay, West Ham, both teams, Ogbonna. Just as quick as that. It was, literally took no thought in it. And I just wanted to, I needed to get on with my day. And then, uh, yeah, she was the, the least thought I'd put into any all season and, and the biggest one I'd won. And then the other day, it was the same thing. The most recent one, I was in an R in between Ogbonna and Dawson. I think I got a little bit of a ribbon in our group chat and, uh, yeah, told to told to back Oggy, which I did. And, yeah, he's come up trumps for me twice this season. So my 2,300 quid, I believe it was, Chad, for the Bobby Moore Fund, uh, the vast majority of that, I think I won three bets and uh, and two of them were, were huge ones from, from Big Angelo. So, yeah, delighted with him. And uh, yeah, absolutely thrilled to be able to raise so much money for the Bobby Moore Fund. And you mentioned there, Will, that it was a bit of a throwaway bet. There's been numerous times this season where I've told you we can't price it. Do you want to remind the listeners of the podcast the bet you requested on the last day of the season following <laughs> Alison's heroics and the penultimate game? Yeah, well, I thought it would be a good idea. I thought as as I'd won the old Bonner one, I thought, you know what? I can go out with a bang now. I've won a decent amount of money for the Bobby Moore Fund, of course, with the uh, kind agreement from Betway to match our any winnings that we had this season. I know I'd banked five and a half grand for the Bobby Moore Fund for the season, which is a fantastic sum. So I thought, you know what, why not go out the bang? Alison had just nodded one in to all but end West Ham's Champions League hopes, which put me in a bit of a bad mood. So I think my request was Lucas Fabianski goal or assist, West Ham to score and uh, a goal. No, sorry, West Ham to win and a goal in each half. I just fancied it, but then obviously he got injured, didn't he? And then it was Darren yeah, Randolph and... Yeah, I couldn't have the starting keeper. So I thought, you know what, I'll go big and I'll go Mikhail Antonio Hattrick. I don't think he got anywhere near Atti Antonio, but <laughs> neither did Fabianski, to be fair. So, uh, yeah, not the end of the world at all. What's, um, no, can we, can we, uh, have you, I don't know if Jones has got them or Chad, if you've got the total figures in the end, because of course it's worth reminding everyone, as you said, that the reason we did this, um, when we first spoke to you at the beginning of the season, Chad was, uh, obviously it makes a great, exciting feature in the podcast, but ultimately it's to, to raise some money for, for three fantastic West Ham charities, which we're delighted we've been able to do. So I was playing for the Bobby Moore Fund this season, James Jones, of course, for the DT38. Dylan Tombidi's foundation and Tom for Isla's fight. Uh, can you just let us know, Chad, what we won? Um, the three of us, or the plus the guest bets that we had as well. The Ribman coming up trumps on his one appearance on the pod, and then what bet we have matched for us as well. Of course, mate. So James was the leader of the group, really, with two thousand five hundred and forty-seven pounds fifty. Only a couple of hundred quid in front of you, Will, with two thousand three hundred and ten. Uh, James raised, uh, sorry, Tom raised two hundred and sixty pounds with the Ribman, one of the guests earlier in the season, winning £1,100. That's a total of £6,127.50, which, of course, as promised, uh, Betway will match. So the grand total for the three charities is £12,435. Yeah, mate, and that, that's absolutely brilliant. I've said it before, Chad, on podcasts where, where I don't think um, you were you were on those weeks, but I said to James, you know, of all the things we do, we love doing the pod. It's great talking about West Ham. We have a laugh doing it, but ultimately, that's the that's the the 
the thing we're most proud of or that I'm most proud of for sure. I mean, we're, you know, there's something legitimately good has come out of, of what we've done this season. It's thanks mm. to you and, and the guys at Betway, of course, as well. We ramble on and talk waffle about West Ham as plenty of people up and down the country and around Essex and London and all over the world do all the time. But to, uh, yeah, thanks to our partnership with you guys for something feasible and for as good as that. And to be, you know, to raise over 12,000 pound Jonesy is, is quite something, isn't it? And it's something that, um, that I'm certainly really proud that we were able to do this year. Definitely. Um, especially in the year that we've just had and almost every charity in the world has really struggled over the last 12, 18 months. Um, I spoke to Tracy Tambides before the season started, sort of just to let her know that we were gonna, I was going to be raising some money for 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 Dylan's charity, and she said that all their events had to be cancelled during the lockdown, and you know they were really struggling to to raise money and to keep the foundation going. Um, so it makes it even more worthwhile knowing that we've been able to raise you know such a such a significant amount of money for these charities in a year where these charities have struggled more than ever. So, um, yeah, just, it just makes it, it makes you feel a lot better knowing that we've, we've done even more good than we, we would have normally done. Yeah, absolutely, man. We had a couple of messages in as well um, from the Bobby Moore Fund just uh, earlier on when uh, when those figures went up. Just said, incredible. Thank you so much for supporting us. We're so grateful. We had a lot of support, obviously, from uh, from the listeners of the We Are West Ham podcast online and the DT38 Dylan Tombidi's foundation said, wow, thank you so much for your support this season. Amazing effort, which will help us continue to help save men and boys' lives. So their cause is close to to all of our hearts. And uh, yeah, Chad, we just want to obviously thank you guys again at, at Betway for, for backing us at the beginning of the season. You didn't know too much about us. Um, you were kind enough to take my call. Um, and then, you know, it's blossomed from there. And I don't I speak for, for myself, James and Tom, that it'll be an absolute delight working with you again next year mate it's been a real pleasure gentlemen look thank you ever so much and as you both mentioned it has been a tough year for charities it's been a tough year for everyone for charities especially so where we can help and there's three charities we've worked with before three charities close to everyone's heart so the more we can support the better and phenomenal again guys to land a 25 to one a 20 to one win and a 40 to one win amongst others to get some decent cash on the board for them so, Chad, now we've got all that um, all that nice gushy stuff out of the way, which, of course, we mean wholeheartedly. Just on a scale of 1 to 10, how annoying was I this season in the group chat asking for 12. bets when you... <laughs> 12. <laughs> I didn't think it would take too long. It's one of those things where um, I, I, my, I just, uh, sent a message to um, what Alan at, at Betway earlier on today, and in it I just put, you know, big uh, props to Chad as well. Great guy, really friendly, really professional. And uh, it basically just really patient with me saying things that annoyed him every week, but managing to just smile and go, actually, mate, um, if you could tweak that, that'd be wonderful. <laughs> and mate, well, thank you. For, thanks for the commendation uh, to the other guys at Betway. And it's been brilliant. It's been really good fun. And I'm really looking forward to next season already, where we've got a target of 12,435 quid to smash between the three of you. Absolutely, Chad. And uh, yeah, we look forward to seeing you at the We Are West Ham end of season bash as well. Um, Jonesy, it's been a great one this year. And uh, yeah, stay tuned for more Betway Charity Bets next season. Yeah, 
So that was Chad there, gents. Great stuff, as always, and it's really humbling to uh, to have been able to do that. Thanks to those guys, but literally all we've done, you know, let's let's not get it wrong here. We haven't, uh, there's nothing like, you know, we haven't been running marathons or, <laughs> or doing long walks or doing some of the fantastic stuff that people do. All we've done is put a call in to a few companies at the beginning of the season to see if they'd be interested in something like this and fair play to Chad and Betway for taking a punt and, uh, and yeah, backing us again next season but you know to to raise 12 and a half grand just from guessing what we think is going to happen to West Ham at the weekend that's um, massive props to to Betway for being able to do that and thanks to the guys Tracy of course James Tracy Tom Beadies who you've uh, been speaking to throughout the season the guys at the Bobby Moore Fund and uh, and obviously Isla's Fight as well we're delighted to help all of those um, charities and excellent organisations out and raise a bit of awareness as well. So thanks again to Chad for that. Lads, it's end of season awards time. Now, these were brilliant last season. I must admit, it did make me chuckle listening back through to them yesterday. So we're going to go straight in and uh, we're going to go alternative player of the year first. Last season, I picked David Martin for his performance at Chelsea. You two both gave me absolute pelters for that. I think it may be because he also threw a couple of in, <laughs> threw a couple in in the games following. But, um, yeah, that's who I went for last season. So, Jonesy, I'm going to start with you first. Can you give me your alternative player of the year for the We Are West Ham end of season awards, please? Alternative player of the year um, for me is Sebastian Haller. Behave. Right, log off. <laughs> Log off, end recording. Oh, I mean, it's, he scored. He scored nine goals. He almost ended up a top scorer still. Um, although, granted, they weren't all in the Premier League, but he scored a couple of very important goals as well that a lot of people forget about. The winner at Sheffield United, the over a kick against Palace, uh, both ended up being winning goals. So, um, yeah, okay, he wasn't what we were after in a striker, but um, what he did before he left was was important enough to contribute to where we were. Or where we ended up, so um, he's my alternative um, player of the season. Well, we've got the awards off to on a, on a start like that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, who, I mean, I mean, who else would you want me to say? I don't know, like David Martin, <laughs> David Martin, <laughs> every year. Is he, is he still at the club? Of course, he is. Yeah. Loves it, doesn't yeah. he? I'm wondering actually. He's left. All... He's left this, at the end of this summer. He's leaving. I think. Hundred percent. Yeah, I think so. I think he did a little message on Twitter. Did he? Let's get let's get a call in and get him on the pub. Yeah, Next yeah, year, yeah, definitely. big time. Right, Tom, um, while we're seeing if we can do that and ratifying the David Martin news, heartbreaking if it is, I saw him put something up the other day which suggested to me he was staying. I was like, get Fingers crossed, that's the <laughs> yeah, real news. Exactly, then, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, right, Tom, yeah, come and then give me your uh, alternative hammer of the year for this season, please. I am going to stick in the GK Union, but um, Darren Randolph, oh, for twice, he, twice he's... Um, He's come in against Everton and West Brom when we we desperately needed a win, and he's come in and he's put in uh, pretty big performances. He's always there. It's nice to have a backup keeper who's not Roberto, who's not got holes in his gloves. So yeah, I think I think he gets it for me. We we've had a pretty thin squad. Everyone's everyone stood up, so there's not that many who who haven't got their fair due of praise. So mm. Randolph gets it for me. No, you know what, Tom, you've nicked mine there. I was I was backing Randolph as well for the exact same mm. reason because Fabianski's had a couple of. Of problems, isn't he? Late. And we we saw and learnt the hard way uh, with Roberto last season, didn't we? With him coming in, how important it is to have someone solid in that position, and he has. He's he stepped up every single game, isn't he? He's enough one who's sort of he's been at the club before. He's obviously quite happy to be the number two. You get the impression he would like be bigging up Fabianski and stuff. And even when Fabianski gets injured, although it is a bit disappointing, 
you kind of go, well, that's all right. It's not the end of the world. Like he's a decent enough number. He'd easily be a number one in the championship if he yeah. wanted to, wouldn't mm. he? Yeah. So yeah, I was um, I was going to go for for uh, Darren Randolph as well, but but um, as you've got in ahead of me, Tom, I'm going to go with King Arthur Masuaku, of course. But the poor bloke, he's been out injured all season or for large parts of the season we really when he got injured we've I missed thought, him at times we have missed they? him yeah. that is true yeah I'm the fair play to Cresswell massive props to Cresswell for for stepping up but I'm going to go Masuaku he's still he tweeted the other day after the game he can't wait for the European away days either he's still loving the King Arthur Masuaku nickname and you know what I'm doing it for no other reason other than we haven't mentioned him for ages and yeah. I used to love that it was brilliant you know he's, he's we know almost for a fact that Arthur <laughs> Masuaku listens to the podcast he's always up in our grill on Twitter isn't he yeah. getting all up in our mentions which is absolutely wonderful uh, the King Arthur name that I'm still taking credit for all those years ago has stuck uh, he's got the little crown in his Twitter bio. None of this I'm really counts as, uh, well, he's probably enough to give him uh, the, the Alternative Player of the Year award. But we did miss him. He did play well when he has played. He's obviously tried and maintained a positive attitude since he's uh, he's been out. So I'm giving my Alternative Player of the Year just passed down Randolph to Arthur Masuaku. Now this one, lads, I'm sure it's going to be unanimous. It should have been goal of the season for the entire Premier League, but wasn't. It got robbed by that naughty Lamella finish, which was delightful. Lovely to finish. Be yeah, yeah, so yeah. annoying it was for me. Yeah, it's so I stand bloke, but yeah. But goal of the season, uh, Josie, we'll go to you first. Suchek winner, home to Fulham, 1-0. I <laughs> <laughs> love it. <laughs> of course there's only one. Um, yeah, I mean, Lanzini at Spurs, enough said. I mean, I don't know... We could do an entire podcast series on it. It mm. was that good. It had everything, like literally everything that you could ask for in a goal. Um, and it should be, you know, we've already got one goal of the decade at West Ham in Decanio. I mean, if that's not goal of the decade, I don't know what is. Yeah, I mean, you can't, that, that was historic, iconic yeah. stuff, wasn't it? Yeah. And the, the finish as well, even though I'm still having it, he sliced it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was uh, Tom skillfully, skillfully sliced it. You knew what he was doing, yeah, no, what can you say about that, just a joke, joke of a goal. What about the match of the day, giving it, and I know it's a bit of a weird one because they give it to, what is it, like fans vote and then the panel pick the final, from the the final three, is that it? Yeah. Lamella's got it and that was, I mean, what a a goal that was, but. The other two that got picked by fans, like, I can't, I don't get why fans do all these. I think the Cavani one against. Was it um, that one he scored a couple of weeks ago? Was in there when he chipped? The dink. He chipped yeah. yeah, the was dink. Tottenham. No, no, I know the one you mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I can't even remember the other one, but it, they weren't outstanding. Lanzini goal. not even getting the final no. three. Now, do you think so? Do you think we've got claret and blue tinted spectacles with that? Then absolutely not. That was it. That was what was it? Three in the last. Ten minutes, eight minutes, yeah, and but should that if your goal of the season is just like I think boiled down to I think, the goal, I isn't think, it? Technically, yeah, but then if you have to look at the backstory, and some a lot of people don't, if people just see the goal as the goal, and don't realise that it's off the back of be three 0 down with eight minutes to go against your bitter London rivals at their brand spanking new stadium that they keep banging on mm. about. Um, it's got its own cheese factory and whatever. <laughs> um, and, and in, a, a, in a season when you were half expected to be relegated yep. and Tottenham I think at the time were they were all talking about they'd already mm. won the league and we've gone and done that 
and we beat them by a point at the end of the season. And yeah, 94th minute. Yeah, come on. Come I mean, on. Look, you don't have, have a word. It's a harder finish than the Cavani one and, and the, the Lamella one, in my opinion. It's, it's probably a more bolt from the blue, that one. Yeah, because he's got Winks running at him. Yeah. Like trying to two-foot him. Missed. <laughs> and then, boom. But look, I mean, lads, you don't have to convince me. I'm just trying to get into the head of those people who... You can't get into the head of the average football fan. Yeah, well, you know what? Because, you know, Lamellas was in a North London derby as well. And it was a big occasion, wasn't it, for for his team? I think they lost the game 2 1. Yeah. Which was a little bit. Yeah, didn't he get sent win. off? I think he, he got, got sent, sent off. Yeah, he got sent off as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he just kept, kept elbowing people. So he's put his team 1 0 up away in the North London derby with a finish like that. You think, yeah. Is it beholden? Where, where the goal of the season is literally just for the goal, I think. I can sort of understand why the match of the day people might not have done it because as a standalone go, it was like ball mm. spits out to him. If if no, if you didn't know the backstory or the score, right, and you just watched all those goals individually, would you have put his in the top three or would you have said he's just swung a leg at it and it's cannoned off? I'll the put him in the top three. He's would. got to be top three, but I mean, it, it just every goal now should just come with a small print. So that you can see the backstory of every goal. <laughs> yeah. like a two yeah, pages, just, just, just PR blurb. blurb. Yeah, 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 just like an opening para or something. Just go, oh, that's a nice goal. What's the backstory to it? <laughs> oh, that's an even better goal now. Yeah, yeah. Well, well look, I'm, a, I'm having Manuel Lanzini, of course, as well for the for the goal of the season because, um, yeah, for exactly all the reasons you said, it was it was historic stuff, and we'll remember it for a very very long time. But I'm just playing a little bit of devil's advocate as to why perhaps it didn't win. The goal of the season, the Premier League goal of the season on match of the day. Right, lads, signing of the season, please. Tom, we'll go to you first. Soufal, for me, yeah, he. I just never heard of him before he'd come. Never seen him, never heard a word about him, and he just rocks up looking like the average bloke, gets the bus everywhere, <laughs> and he's a jerk. He, he's just a legend. I absolutely love the bloke, so it has to be him. For pennies as well, five million. What a player. Yeah, that's, that's uh, James. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it could have been Lingard. Mm. Um, but just so foul just for the fact that exactly that he, he rocked up no one had even heard of the guy um, and the fact he rocked up on recommendation from Suchek and he's become you know arguably our best player the you know, team of the season's mm. um, form and yeah he gets the bus everywhere nicest bloke in the world apart from Suchek um, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, they're both very, very nice men, <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I think Suchek just edges it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just because he's got that more baby face, mm, I, I can see. Um, but yeah, he just looks like your, your average bloke, and um, it turns out he's one of the greatest right backs that's ever lived. <laughs> and, um, and you know, full props to him. I yeah, absolutely love the bloke. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Well, look, it was a toss up for me. You mentioned Lingard there, and it was a toss up for me between Soufal and Frederick Alves. But, uh, <laughs> but but I have gone with um, I have gone with Vladimir Soufal. So I th- I'm not sure. If, I mean, you can obviously count Lingard. Very surprised Tom not going for his boy Saeed Ben Rama there. James. I tried yeah. every way possible how I could wangle it. it just didn't make sense. <laughs> it just didn't work not today. Did it? No, yeah, no. not today. Um, no, definitely Soufal. Like you say, I mean Thomas Repker is my all-time favourite West Ham player, as everyone knows, and he's just straight out of that mould. Only a little bit better at football. Yeah. <laughs> Czech Republic right back. No one's really heard of. But the only difference is with Soufal, he just seems a bit nicer. Repka, you'd just be scared of, wouldn't you? I still love him to bits. But you'd, you'd just be frightened of him all the time, wouldn't you? But Soufal, yeah, I, I just... I've never known anything like it because 
not only has he he come in and he's taken to the Premier League really quickly and easily. He hasn't put a foot wrong, has he? He can speak fluent English. He's unbelievable English now. Yeah, yeah. He's got it all. He just yeah. I don't obviously. I don't know whether or not he could speak English perhaps beforehand. But I just find it incredible that he's not. Not only has he been my sign of the season, he's my hammer of the year as well. I voted for him for. Um, he's my vote for player of the year. I just. I just can't believe how you don't make any mistakes. He's had a couple of games where you think, mm, you've been a little tiny bit off the pace. But that's only because the rest of the time he's just banging in nines out of tens, isn't he? Mm. And I I don't know. I just... Even Suchek's had a couple of off games, hasn't he, where he's been a bit quiet. Sufau has just been bang, bang, bang every single game he's played. And I don't know how you can do that. Can you remember anyone else ever doing that? Uh, no, by Ben Rama, maybe. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Other than him, obviously. Yeah, no, I mean, he just doesn't stop running. It's a little bit, a little bit like four nows. I think four nows is very similar. If you took out took out his inability to finish, mm. um, he rarely puts in a bad performance because mm. he's just it's just running, mm. um, and it's the work rate. And I think you get the same as Sufal. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fair enough. Right, so Clubman of the Year. Now, Jonesy, you looked to me a bit puzzled when we yeah. spoke about this earlier. It's also known as the Sportsman of the Year Award. It's an award close to my heart. And it's basically, uh, you know, if you play Sunday League football when you're growing up, obviously, you know, Tom was probably no doubt in the AFC Geasley Academy, so it's a bit of a different level. Whether or not they had a Clubman of the Year or not, we're not sure. But it's basically the guy, you should get it at Sunday football, for the guy who turned up to training every week, every single week without fail, and whose mums washed the bibs from training, and sometimes the kit as well for Sundays. That was that's what got you Clubman of the Year. You know, if you if you were the one who took the balls home with you and made sure they were there every week, it all you you were usually rubbish as well. Let's be honest, you were usually <laughs> rubbish, not getting a lot of game time, and it was an award you were given to just to like appease you and it's like oh, Jesus, like thank God we've got him because yeah. we don't have to do any of the grim jobs, but. He's played 14 minutes of football all season. At the end of that game, we were six nil up, and he come on and we still lost six. Oh, we still won six <laughs> four. Um, so that that is what that award is, Jonesy. I've okay. got a bit more of an understanding about. Yeah, it I've now. got I've got two in mind. Okay, well I tell you what, then we'll go to Tom first. Tom, you give us your Clubman of the Year award, then Jonesy can uh, decide which one of his two he's going to go with. I hope this this passes the test, but I go Kevin Nolan. Oh. Is that allowed, or does that have to be a player? Right, go on, give us your reasoning, Tom, and then we'll decide after. I just say any smile after a game when we've won a game, he's right in the thick of it. He's hugging someone. He's, he's always in amongst it. Isn't he? He's yeah, always yeah. there. Everyone loves him. Everyone loves him. Lingard can't put his, can't take his arms off him after a game. So <laughs> I, I just think he's always there. Always got a smile on his face. His interview did with Noble was class. Just a top bloke. It's just nice to have a bit of continuity. See him back around the club and. I just have a big soft spot for Kevin Nolan, so I'll get him in. <laughs> and that flipping magic iPad of his as well, Yeah, he's it? got it all. Every single time. He's the reason we're good at set pieces. Yeah, Moisey's just like lining up his subs, wants to change the game. Super Kev steps up. Come on, lads. Come over here. here. Arm around the shoulder. Gets the iPad out. No one knows what's on it. I'm pretty sure it's just pictures of him at home <laughs> in his hot tub. Pictures of him on the beach of Andy Carroll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is you in two weeks. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Summer 2012, Magalo Strip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Precisely. And that was it, wasn't it? Just before Lanzini come on in that Tottenham game, there was the meme that went round. He's got his arm round him with the old magic iPad out. He's saying, look, Manuel, just smash it in the top corner and that's all you got to do. So now, you know what, Jonesy, I don't know. We'll, you know, it's a democratic podcast, but I'm inclined to let Tom have that one. Yeah, no, I'll give him that. Yeah, I appreciate it's that. Fair play. Appreciate yeah. that. And I yeah. do reckon as well, Kev's the one out like P 
picking all the cones up at the end of yeah. training as well. Moisey and Stuart yeah. Pearce aren't doing that. He's on T duty Kev, as well. Yeah, oh, 100%. Yeah. Kev, get out there. Will you look? There's the, one of the balls went over the fence. Go and knock on that woman's garden, will you? <laughs> You're up. Yeah. Oh, come on, Gaffer. They only cost 50 quid each. Kev, go and get the balls back. You're the ladies' that's the garden. lucky ball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, Dave. Sorry, sorry. Uh, yeah, okay. Kevin Nolan for Club of the Year. Like that one, Tom. Jones, um, your go. So for me, it's, it's a toss up between David Martin. Hasn't played, but mm. always there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, um, Mark Noble. he's barely played all season when he has played he's he's done all right but he was given his um obligatory like five minutes at the end of the final game of the season (laughs) um and he's he's you know he's the lad around the change room he's still technically club captain um and yeah i think i think he's the perfect clubman this season that's a whopper of a shout actually he's got massive clubman of the year vibes yeah he does yeah he stinks a bit because you can imagine because he's club captain as well he is the one taking yeah. the balls home, you know. He's, yeah, he's, he's washing the bibs, yeah, washing the bibs. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's got nothing else to do, is he? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's back in first in at training every morning. Yeah, yeah. Um, waiting for the lads to arrive with all the coffees out yeah. and, and yeah. stuff like that, chatting to the to the, the, the dinner ladies or something. Mm. All right, who was your other one? Sorry, I forgot. David Martin. First. David Martin. Right. Well, okay. How about this then? To help you decide, I'm going to suggest that Mark Noble. As his role as club captain, there's got to be a like clubman of the year duties clause in that that says as captain. So I'm I'm saying he's almost paid to do it. So you know, look what Tom said there. Noble Nolan goes above and beyond. He's not paid to go and get the balls out of the woman's garden, but he goes and does it. I think Noble, the stuff mm. he does, it comes under his. his yeah, like, no, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. So you happy to settle on David Martin then? I mean, yeah. Because it's a bit, so. you know what I, I mean? Suppose. It's yeah. a bit like saying to your striker, I'm giving you, like, you know, um, kudos for putting a ball in the net. It's like, well, that's what you're there for, Noble. Because if it's like, oh, well done, Mark, for all those extra things you've done. So, what do you mean, extra things I've done? They are the only things I've done <laughs> this season. Fair <laughs> play, yeah. All right, so um, you're going with David Martin there. Now, I want to go with Pablo Fornells, but I'm not sure whether. He's too good for it. That's, he's too good. For he that. is that's, too good. That's where I'm a little he's, bit worried. He's, he's too well respected as well. Yeah, and that that is that is my concern because I just think you're not you're not supposed to be good to get this award. Alright, tell you what, no, this is meant that, to be an arm round the shoulder game. Don't worry, yeah. mate, you're all right. I've got it. I've got it. Clubman of the year for me, Saeed Ben Rama. Whoa, yeah, that's 100%. a turn up for the books. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I can take this. You can that about your boy. No. Barely played, same amount of games ish as Mark Noble started. I'd hazard a guess. I haven't got the stats in front of me, so if I'm wrong, I apologise. Um, start, you know, barely starts games these days. Very much a second choice um, a player in his position at the club. Always got a good spirit though. He, you know, he's always walking around. Seems to have a smile on his face. You can tell it's getting into him a little bit that he hasn't played recently but everyone knows that he's not part of David Moyes' strongest 11 in, in recent times but he's, he's got good positive vibes he works hard he does his running when he comes on the pitch and I get the impression as well you know you, you know, when he was um, observing uh, Ramadan the other week he's like well, he's having his food on the side but I get the impression he's a sort of bloke as well you know friends of mine who celebrate, they, they bring food in and, and that sort of stuff so they can eat with you outside of the, the hours they're permitted to eat. I imagine Saeed's doing that as well. His mum's like knocking up a load of stuff at home, Saeed's bringing it in for all the lads, <laughs> keeping morale up. 
even though he's not getting much game time and doesn't know whether he's got a future at the club. So, yeah, my club under the year, uh, Saeed Benrahma. Any uh, any thoughts Listen, on that one? He's a better player than that. Next year, you'll be biting your words. Or, or to be fair, maybe it's his club spirit which will show him the 20 goal a season, like we said he would. But well, that's a shout, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, 20 exactly. goals. That's, yeah. that's more silly than the Nathan Holland one. Oh, it's not coming. Don't one, worry. That's not an official shout. That, that. One, one goal, 19 assists. Yeah, exactly. 20 goal contributions. Goal contributions, <laughs> That'll right. That'll be it. So, not, not having that, Jonesy, then? Well, I, I mean, it's it's a controversial yeah. shout, I think, mate. Um, more controversial than my noble shout, I would say, mm. but I'll, we'll let you have it. Okay, we'll put it... I, I was being slightly facetious. Do yeah, you think it's slightly. fair... Yeah, yeah, a little bit, yeah. yeah. Do you think it's fair to say, though, that he has maintained a good attitude in probably the most testing conditions of any player in the squad? I think he would have the most grounds to be annoyed by what's happened this season. Yeah. If, if you had to pick yeah. a player who's unhappiest in that squad, purely from football terms, I'm not you know, vying into what people have got going on away from the pitch. Football terms alone, if you said who's the most miserable one in that team, I would say Ben Rama. Maybe Fredericks, but Fredericks knows he's not as good as Kufal. So. Diop, mm. maybe, because obviously Dawson comes in and takes his spot. Yeah, but forever. plays well, isn't he? It's not like, you know what I mean? When you're Ben Rahman, you've got Bowen in front of you, who hasn't like been 100% on it for like parts of the season. And he's been in and out. I think Ben Rahman would have struggled being in and out. He's not had too many sustained periods of being in there. Even recently, he had good performance at Burnley mm. and then dropped. I think... Who would you, if it wasn't Ben Rama, who would you say has it has had it the most uh, challenging I, I, in the squad? I, I, I get your point. Yeah, I get yeah. Your point. So, am I having? Am I allowed you, to, you, I'm having it because he's maintained a positive attitude despite the trying circumstances he's been placed under. Yes, yes. is that better? Yeah, yeah. cool, lovely. I like get it in the end. Unlucky Tom. Uh, <laughs> right, flop of the season. Um, <laughs> but difficult one. This I would say. Not been many. I'm, I'm sort of inclined to. I was inclined. To, to scrap it from the record given that we haven't had any flops really have we but it's there you've you've got to pick it it's the We Are West Ham in the Season Awards James? Yeah I've been racking my, my head all season on this uh, all season uh, ever since you sent over the, the list mm. and, so 12 uh, hours so 12 hours <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, the season has flown by so it's felt like 12 hours to yep. be fair um, I would I'm going to say Diop oh, you, yeah. oh, I should need to start going first on these yeah yeah go on I just think that Particularly his first season at club, like he was, you know, Mourinho raving about him and all this promise, club record fee at the time, and it's just sort of slowly staggered into kind of just being an average centre half. And he got unlucky getting COVID at the beginning of the season, which knocked him out the first eleven. Um, and he's just struggled ever since. And then he's had like two months out, comes back for one game, makes a mistake because he's barely played. Everyone points a finger at him. Um, so part of it's just bad luck for him but he has been a bit of a flop this year I think just not been able to keep Craig Dawson out of the starting 11 because he'd be disappointed with himself I think even though Craig Dawson deserves all the plaudits he's got um, Diot will be disappointed that he's not been first choice over Dawson I think Mm. yeah but I you know what I think he's only got himself to blame I think that's an excellent shout mate I think that's the only one uh, you can really pick Tom um, I'll throw to you flop of the season please I was thinking the same lines, but I, I will surprise you with this one. Because of how highly I rate him, I would have liked for Ben Rama to have done more and to made it impossible for him to be dropped because I think he's got that ability to wow. get it done. I, I think he's good enough to have made it not even a conversation and him to not even be talked about and just to be accepted as one of our most biggest different makers who, who can do it relentlessly and continually. That's why he spent a lot of money on him and, and he will come good and he won't be a flop. 
And I don't even think he's been terrible. It's, it's so how good our season's been that can say this because he has contributed. Um, but I just want more and I, I would have expected more um, mm. when he did sign. So I, I'd probably have to go him, even though it's not an admission of anything else but I just I just want more from him yeah no fair enough mate and I, I respect you for that because I know you're a big fan of him I have been frustrated by him and and I haven't sort of jumped on the the Ben Rama hype bus as much as as lots of people have you're you're obviously a big fan and you, you know you, Tom, Tom you can see a player in there yeah, yeah exactly. it's yeah. true actually he owns it and operates it yeah, yeah got yeah. 50 accounts burner <laughs> accounts Ben Rama season yeah 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 and uh, you know I just think I, I'm with with Moyes on it, really. I just think it, it's one of them. And West Ham fans, football fans generally, West Ham fans in particular, have a habit of doing that. Like they decide a player's good before he comes, and it then doesn't matter what he does on a pitch. People still bang on about Hernandez and Haller and all that sort of stuff, um, as if they're they're these like well good players. Fans often I find it hard, or sorry, fans often find it hard in my experience. Once they've decided they want a player to be good, mm. he's good. And if he's not, it's everything else around him. It's Completely the manager, agree. the system, it's whatever else. I'm, so, I'm the same with Nathan Allen. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So no, I respect you for that, Tom, because I do think no, I, I think it's a bit 50-50. I, I don't blame Moyes at all mm. for giving him the amount of games he has. And I hope that with a pre-season, a little bit more time to bed in, I really hope he can come good. And I think... Bowen's place is there to be got at next yeah, season. For now, I think has mm-hmm. has made himself undroppable, um, and I I hope Saeed gives it a go, and I hope that pushes pushes Bowen on as well, and I like us in that position. So, no, respect for that, Tom. Uh, my flop of the season is Felipe Anderson. Probably was my f- well. Does he, does he qualify? Of course, he qualifies. What are you talking about? Oh, He's given cool. an opportunity, as like Jesse Lingard was. He was a Manchester United outcast to go and revive his career elsewhere. He goes over to Portugal. He speaks his home language, one of the biggest clubs in Portugal, and in fact, in Europe, Champions League pedigree. He's played five, seven, nine, eleven, twelve games for Porto. Twelve appearances for Porto since he went there. No goals, no assists. He hasn't stamped his authority on anything at all. It's a decent show. He had a a chance. He's getting £140,000 a week. He's one of West Ham's highest earners. He had a chance to go there and prove that he is a good player. And that, you know, perhaps even if it's just the Premier League's not right for me and earn himself a move back to to Portugal or to to Italy again, back to Europe where... You know that's fine. I I never I never have a problem with that when people come from Europe and they don't make it. Soldado is a classic example mm. of that, and I always look back to him. Mm. Some players are just better in Europe. Okay, that's that's way it is. They can't hack the Premier League, and I've got no problem with us selling Haller for a loss. I think fair play. At least we went after someone big. We made a big signing. It didn't work out. That's all right. No one to blame. Let's not make a big negative about it. We've cut our losses. Made a bit of a loss on him, but so be it. He made some money back. He's going over to Europe. Playing against some, you know, the Dutch nobodies and reckon he's the absolute nuts. So fine, carry on, crack on, Sebastian. We got bigger fish to fry over here at West Ham in the Europa League. See you later. Mm. Philippe Anderson had his opportunity to go over to Porto, playing against worse teams. All right, you got Sporting Lisbon, Benfica, and Braga, who are good sides in Portugal. The other ones are, are no mm. good. The quality's no good there. That's where you should you should, you should be stamping your authority on that that league and that team and. And, good point. You know, good and, point. and so he comes back to West Ham next season and if he wants to and goes, right, Dave, you, you won't be leaving me out because 
and Jared and Saeed and all you lot, I'm back now as well. So we're all going for these two wide positions if we get Lingard. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. And I think he had the opportunity. He hasn't done it. And I think we'll do well to get shot of him this season. He's on 140 grand a week. He's he's Long tucked contract, up West Ham. Quite a few yeah, years, yeah, yeah, of course it is. Yeah, it was a big signing, wasn't it, for us? So, no, I think it's no good for West Ham. I'm not proud of it mm. or anything like that. It's not one of those where you think, oh, you're only doing yourself damage. He's not doing himself any harm. Could mm. come back to West Ham and probably not get in the team. Just go to training, be on the bench every now and then. And oh, I hope we do the same with with Haller. But I think it's going to be a lot harder because at least Haller was doing a bit while he was at West Ham. Anderson just done absolutely nothing. So Philippe Anderson, flop of the season. Any thoughts? I quite like it. I I, I like where you're coming from. It and we need to recoup some money on him. So it's not good numbers, is it? And when he can't get a side which has uh, Tony Martinez. Bagging in the ex West Ham youth guy who's now scoring goals for them, and, and you can't get in. It's not a great indictment. Um, yeah, I like that shout a lot. Left field, and yeah, yeah, nice one. That just just quickly, you've mentioned Tony Martinez. How mad is that? Yeah, it's crazy. How mad is that? Is that we had him and everyone was calling for him to get a first team opportunity, never got it, and now he's banging goals in the yeah. Champions League. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, what? He's got what the best goal per game, but goal per minute ratio in that league or it's, something. It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, but I mean, again, it doesn't mean he would have been good at West End, does it? Like, you know, Mascarano no, it's wasn't a weird any good at West End, and then he it's, went it's, on and was yeah, good but after. It, but it's just strange. No, but yeah. Mascarano's well, different because he should have been in the starting eleven. What? No, he shouldn't. Mental. Hayden Mullins oh, was no. playing elite football <laughs> at that I mean, time. Hayden Mullins was a class footballer. Hayden Mullins was so, so good you forgot he was there. Yeah. But, <laughs> so, but nah. Mascarano was, was even then world class. Yeah. Having a laugh, absolutely joking. Anyway, uh, sorry on. for any statos out there. By the way, I'm sorry. Philippe Anderson's made ten appearances for Porto, <laughs> not eleven. Um, result of the season, Tom. We'll go to you first on this one. We've had so some, many. we've had so some many. belters throughout the campaign, but um, yeah, I'm going to throw to you. What was your result of the season, Thomas? I think um, it was against Spurs, but it'll be the home one when we beat in two one. Just because when that came was sort of the crest of the wave when it felt like. Christ, it, something special is happening here and Lingard getting another and, and the drumming, it all just made sense. So I think that one for me, because that was where I realised we're, we're actually going to be in amongst it right to the end now. So so that for me, loved that game. Yeah, there was a few, that was one of those, wasn't it, where Tottenham weren't playing well yeah. and you thought, uh, if, it, if it was a vintage West Ham season, we would have handed them three points to yeah. to give them a bit of a boost again. But mm. yeah, we we just did what the paper like what on paper we should have done and yeah, beat them quite comfortably, didn't we? Yep, fair play, Tom. James? Three nil Leicester away. Oh, come on, this is getting silly now. <laughs> That's three of them. <laughs> you had thirty eight games to choose yeah. from. Sorry, mate. I mean, yeah, it it was the game that really kind of told everyone that we'd arrived this mm. season, I think. Like, yeah, I mean we'd beaten Wolves four nil at home the week before. Um, which was a shocking result in in itself, but to go to Leicester and win three nil, um, Soufal's debut as well, and, and like convincingly do them three nil as well. I just thought when we look back now, and it, that was like where we put a pin in it and went right. Mm. This is how good we're going to be this season, and we're going to carry this on for the rest of the campaign. I think that was when everyone kind of looked at it and went, "Oh, West Ham might actually be quite good this year," and. Um, it set the time for the rest of the campaign for me. Yeah, fair enough. Well, I had a, this was a tough one. I was going to go uh, 3-0 Leicester, so I have got one that I know for certain. Just a couple that I think we should mention in dispatches. The one all at home to Man City. 
Yep. Yeah. You know, I mean, we've seen now. I know they hit form after that early part of the season, didn't they? But that's still a phenomenal result against. We've seen what they've done. So to get a point, normally they them, batter us six nil at yeah. the stadium as well. Exactly. It? Yeah. So that was that was great. And if anything, we should have won that. Really, Foden comes on, puts that goal yeah. away, and we felt a bit hard done by afterwards. So I think that was that was a big one that should get mentioned as well. I think the recent victory over Leicester that yeah. felt huge at the yeah. time, didn't it? Getting the win over them, they were above us in the league. It was like here we go. But I'm going to go as you've nicked my uh, my one earlier in the season, James. I'm going to go Everton away. Yeah. One nil, yeah. Thomas Suchek, uh, a, a place notoriously difficult for us to go to, and yeah, I thought we played really well against the side. Like I was saying, mm. oh, you know, Everton got so much money, such a great ethos at the club. They've got such a genius manager, <laughs> James Rodriguez. Meh. Behave, get out of there, Thomas Suchek. Bang one nil. It was one of those games that we that we dominate with chances as mm. well, mm. and it took a late winner to to see to get it over the line. Yep. So yeah, I agree with that one. Yeah, cool. Right, uh, lowest moment, uh, James. We'll throw it back to you first. Another one where there haven't, hasn't been many, but I'm going to say the first two games of the season that we lost, <laughs> and yeah, because we were we were literally going here we go again, like, especially after that Newcastle game, just going oh another season of dross, another season of this. Um, and I don't remember feeling that low since. Yeah, okay, we've lost games, but. I've not felt as low as I did, particularly after that Newcastle game since. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, got to be that, that, literally the first two games. Yeah, that that is a pretty good one. Uh, Tom? Yeah, that is that is probably it for me. But if, if I'm not doing that, it would be the the loss to Chelsea. Not not because I was expecting to get top four. I just inundated with Chelsea fans. And, and I thought... <laughs> just the 3-0? No, the 1-0, sorry. When right. we just lost at home, I, I just... I really, really, for once, had a feeling we would do it and we'd be talking about something ridiculous but just didn't quite transpire and uh, put that in but it was quick quickly moved on from it I'll put it that way it wasn't a, an ultimate low West Ham moment that. yeah yeah no well J- look Jonesy I'm going to I'm going to copy you on that one Newcastle at home losing 2-0 <laughs> to them on the first game of the season yeah it was it just felt like another yeah. eight months of this what's the point I can't be bothered anymore yeah I think, I think I, I, I'm not even sure I can include the Arsenal defeat after it because we actually played well in that Arsenal game yeah. and it was a late winner wasn't it from them um, so yeah, literally, we, it was literally just that yeah. that Newcastle game where it was just oh, f- no, that was what awful. have we done like, yeah. what, what's going to happen here and then we just improved from there on so, yeah, yeah. yeah, no you're right the Arsenal game wasn't too it was annoying given the context because we'd lost the Newcastle one but yeah that yeah. Was like, it was exactly what you said yeah. it's like bloody hell every Tuesday again yeah. just trying to get ourselves up <laughs> yeah. for something positive like what is the why do we do it anymore proper like existential crisis stuff yeah. wasn't it but um, yeah one other one that I'll just say that was sort of uh, I know I'm copying you again just as a secondary one was flipping not beating Brighton and Hove Albion again. <laughs> again, yeah. I know you hate that, yeah. What the hell is yeah, that? Yeah, that is awful. They're such yeah. a like. I, I quite like them as a club, but they're just so Mickey Mouse. Like, out of eight games, the four years they've been making the Premier, we haven't even looked close, really. Exactly. It's, it's what five draws in a row as well. Exactly. Right? It's just so grim, yeah. isn't it? It's like Danny Welbeck bags as well when we're just charging towards yeah. what we hope to be the Champions League. So yeah, that, that is pretty irritating as well. But anything deep into the season, it was always tempered with, oh, well, look where we are. It's all right. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. like, you know, even not getting in the Champions League. And I'll tell you what, one more for dispatches, end of January after the transfer window, thinking yeah. we've done it again. Well, I've just condemned ourselves to mediocrity. Yeah. yeah, we've overachieved based on our transfer market performance. So that was that was pretty grim as well. Tom, highest moment. Honestly, Sunday. Honestly, for me, it was Sunday. Just just wrapping up top six and actually 
I've banged on about a board everyone probably all season, but I just wanted to be in that top six and upset the elite one way or another. So to do that and to be with my mates and be able to enjoy it in one way or another was, was special. So in I put that in it. In the Queens with me and my two pals and that was it, yeah. <laughs> um yeah, I I know what you I know where you come from there, Jonesy. I was gonna go with that and I think I'm gonna stick with exactly the same thing. Um I can't remember the last time at the full time whistle of a season. I've been buzzing for the next mm. season to start. Mm. Normally, we're like, thank God that's <laughs> over. We can have a few months off, not have to think about the club for a little while, just like, forget about it. And I, I'm like, as soon as the whistle went, I was, I almost felt gutted that it was over. Mm. Um, and yeah, that's that's the highest we've been because we knew it was done then, the relief um, that we'd achieved what we'd achieved, um, what we'd never thought we would ever achieve. Um, nine months earlier. So yeah, it's got to be the highest moment for me as well. Yeah, normally for... You know, in England summer, you're thinking, oh, God, happy yeah. days, bring it on, I can't wait. Now you're just like, oh, get the Euros out of yeah. the way. Yeah, get the sure proper Rice European competition yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, but that is it, isn't it? You know, yeah. I, I love England. I'm big time, big time England supporter as well. Yeah. Love the major tournament summers and it's great. And I am looking forward to it a bit. But now, it's, it's weird. I've always been like, whenever people say, oh, who would you rather, West Ham win the Cup or England win the World Cup? I'd always say England because yeah, I just think all day long. Yeah, yeah I've you not can said, sit, I'm always a club. Really? Yeah. See, that's bizarre because I find that you can sit there with all of your mates in my Tottenham mates, my Chelsea, and everyone's buzzing for it. I'm the same as you. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I've always said that. And uh, but this season's been the first where I can empathise or understand a bit more the people on the other side of it because it. Te- I'm surprised mm. you said that, Tom. But it always tended to me like it was Man United fans saying it and Liverpool fans, and it's like, well. Yeah, because it's your supporting your club's probably pretty good. Mm. <laughs> yeah, come and support West Ham or like not even West Ham, but like South End or Leighton Orient for two minutes, and then like yeah, surely the difference then is huge. But this season's the first where I'm like, well, oh, you know what, actually, well, yeah, the Euros will be fun. That'll be a nice little thing to distract me until the real fun starts with the yeah. Europa League. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I, it was it was funny because that any other season it's that Tottenham one isn't it mm-hmm. and I was close to going for this but you can't the whole point of all of this those little moments are nice but the whole point of everything that we do every week and the players do is for to achieve things and get into big competitions mm. and to finish as high as you can in the Premier League so yep. the day that it's confirmed a mm. sixth if that's not it then um, when are you ever going to pick a moment as high as that right then lads uh, expectations fulfilled yes or no Massively, yeah, over and above, exceeded absolutely, it, yeah, exceeded it, smashed it to bits. For years, didn't think we'd achieve this in five, maybe even a decade. So, so to do it now has been pretty special. So, absolutely, yeah, uh, James, yeah, exactly the same. Yeah, just never saw it coming. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. The bigger, bigger shock of the season. I sort of uh, wedged that into the same one, but I think the biggest shock of the season is the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. isn't yeah, it? It is. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, yeah. Well, happy days. Look, it's been uh, absolutely brilliant watching David Moyes and his boys charge all the way to sixth place in the Premier League. That wraps it up for the We Are West Ham end of season awards. And stay with us because we've got Name That Game next. Name 
Hi guys, it's Will from We Are West Ham. Me and the lads were having such a good time recording yesterday that the whole episode ended up going into about three hours. So we've cut it in two just to make sure you've got something to listen to next week. So you'll still have Name That Game and what me and the lads want from next season coming up. But you'll have to tune in next week and that will be the final podcast of the summer. See you next season. This episode was sponsored by footballprizes.co.uk where you can win a fantastic signed Vladimir Soufal shirt. If you head over there now, you can buy a ticket for just £4.95 each. Only 99 will be sold to you and with a fantastic chance of winning. And there's a brand new piece of West Ham memorabilia that goes up on the site every week. Hi, this is Tony Cotty and you're listening to the We Are West Ham podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.